0: How much more we have? A lot. Ooh. You in a hurry, bro? Always. <laughs>
1: you don't like doing this anymore, do you
0: do you? Oh. Eh, I do sometimes it depends on my mood. Sometimes I really enjoy it and sometimes I'm like, uh yeah. seems like
1: it leans a little more towards the Ugh.
0: <laughs> I honestly didn't think we'd be doing it this long.
1: I get that a lot this is actually episode 20 is it yeah because if you count the live episode this is episode 20 live episode would be episode 19 wow
0: 20 wow
1: 20 who would have thought we'd make it this long i didn't hell no i
0: didn't if you, just, if you just said at the beginning, you're going to be doing at least 20 episodes. I'd be like, fuck you.
2: <laughs> oh.
1: Yeah, people seem to really, really like the live episode. What we're going to try to do is we're going to try to do like one of those a month if we can. You know, mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. you know, we're not, going to, we're not committing to that. But, mm-hmm. but, you know, maybe once a month we're going to try to drop in a live thing. Maybe it'll be every two months. maybe mm. they'll start ended up being once a year. Who knows? Mm. Mm. It depends on how lazy we are. Yeah. yeah. And once a year, once a year sounds great. How active you guys are. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, what I really loved about the live episode is I didn't have to do any work. We did it, and, and it right. was done. It was out done. there. Yeah,. yeah. Um, no yeah. editing. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that, that was a nice break for me.
0: Yeah. Was Hello. that the episode I haven't been really keeping up with all the comments and stuff because we usually cover it, you know, here and stuff, so I don't mm-hmm. I don't really read them that much or was that, but was it that episode or was it the one where we had no guest recently, the last one that there's somebody going it's that Lecca high mecahini ho guy who there's a whole yeah ridiculous nonsensical waxed intellectual rant oh yeah that, no
1: it's it's in the thing and, it's it's in the stuff we're going to cover today although i oh, wasn't really okay. going to read all that cuz there's too much of oh, it oh
0: oh hell no i
1: was going to comment on um, it but
0: i i can't and then there's a lot of bashing of the guy who said something about you said something about trump supporters and yeah. And then people started bashing each other and I didn't like that. That's not something that we, it's not something that I want to have on our show uh, or amongst our friends. I don't, I don't, that, that shit's horse shit. Fucking everybody grow up and, yeah. and, and calm the fuck down. And, you know, just cause, you know, enough with the, you know, I'm entitled to my opinion shit. That doesn't mean anybody wants to hear it. So just. Take it easy.
2: You
1: know, that
0: kind of stuff. But yeah. um, There's a lot of a lot of weird shit going on the past couple episodes in the comments.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, let's try to stay focused, kids. Let's uh let's stick to the stuff that's fun. I mean, politics isn't fun. I mean it's not it's ugly, it brings out the worst in people. And it sure does. And you know what? I I appreciate that everybody is entitled to their own opinion, but you know what? Let's not, let's not muddy up the good thing we have here, which is yeah. hanging out, having fun. Let's right. keep it positive. Unless This isn't
0: we... the forum. This yeah. isn't the forum for that. This, this is a forum for hanging out. Like you said, staying positive, being friends, being pals, being part of a community that we all love and adore. So let's just stick to that.
1: If cool. you want to bash a movie, sure.
0: We'll bash a movie. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, that, um, I like that interesting story uh, about, um, I would believe that the gentleman's name is Anthony Woodle, who passed away recently. um, That was a terminal patient that David Gordon Green showed him Halloween kills. And Jamie Lee Curtis officiated his wedding. Yeah. uh, Just before he passed, which I thought was, a really wonderful story and a beautiful thing. And uh, amongst us, Halloween and horror fans, I think it just goes to show you that uh, uh, again, we all we all should have each other's backs and support each other, and and uh, no matter what. And uh, I thought that was really beautiful and super super cool. Um, I'm, I just wish I was able to talk to him and find out what he. Th- thought of it <laughs> you know, yeah. would have been cool but with that uh,
1: said we have 50 other terminal patient requests to see the film um, go- <laughs> I'm <just kidding>. um
0: <laughs> exactly
1: yeah we got a lot to cover today yeah that was a really cool story you know it's funny i saw i read the story and i saw the mm-hmm. pictures of him and i recognize mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. i want to say i might have met that guy at a convention i'm not sure i looked him up on facebook to see if we were friends and we weren't, so
0: yeah, beautiful story. Um, and for Jamie Lee Curtis to do that and David to do that, it was that was pretty great.
1: I just saw some interesting news. Which was Zach Baggins from Ghost Adventures. You know who he is? No. You never heard of Zach Baggins? Uh-uh. He's the, he's the host of Ghost Adventures. People say quite often that we look very similar. Because we mm-hmm. both have some, the same haircut pretty much. I had a lot longer than him, by the way. But he's the host of that Ghost Adventurer show. I don't watch it, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> he has the Zach Baggins Haunted Museum in Vegas where he has all these haunted artifacts, all this stuff. Funny thing is somebody told me about two years ago that he was looking for or wanted to buy the Poltergeist Clown. Mm. He's the guy who won it the the one that mm-hmm. just went to auction, mm-hmm. oh. mm. uh, I actually I'm quite happy about that because oh, that good. that means it's gonna stay in Vegas and it's gonna right. be on display for people to see because he's gonna I believe he's right. gonna put it in his uh, museum you know that people can go and see it in person. So oh, I cool. used to always had a tradition every time I went to Vegas I'd go to the Planet Hollywood restaurant. And see the and visit the the other poltergeist clown, and now I still can. So. There you go. Cheers no, and welcome a good to the day. club, Mister Baggins. There you go. Yeah. So we're gonna jam through these questions. These these questions are comments and questions that come from the live episode. Okay. Um, and just so you know, today on our milestone twentieth episode of the Thing with Two Heads, featuring the beautiful. Mr. Christopher Nelson, <laughs> fuck's um, that supposed to mean? I don't know. Beautiful, the hell is that
0: supposed to mean? What are you looking at me like that for? <laughs> Milestone twenty, you were saying. Milestone
1: Go. twenty. Today, our guest is writer, director, all around good guy, Mr. Fred Decker. most noted. Uh, you know, as the writer director from Night of the Creeps and Monster Squad, most recently the Predator reboot. That he and Shane Black wrote um, RoboCop I, Three.
0: RoboCop uh, Three, all yeah. through the house, tales from the crypt. You know, a lovely man, super fun, intelligent, um, well-spoken, articulate cinephile that um, with a huge heart and a great sense of humor. It was a good interview. I really, really enjoy it.
1: Yes, we so. just finished that interview, and you're going to get to see it after we're done babbling or that one dude is, you know, this is where you fast forward to when he pops in. That's right. Get to all, get rid of all, you no know, one wants to hear this. Yeah.
0: No one wants to hear us yapping. Who wants to hear that shit? Even I get sick of
1: yeah. Um, So uh I want to say thank you first off to all the guys, all the people that participated in our live thing we did. That was so cool, and all the the people that donated, um, that was yeah. overwhelming, uh, and really, really was, yeah, really cool. And we in turn are giving it right back because I took that money, and then even added some of my own to it to order stickers. So we got two different a uh, thing with two head stickers coming. They've actually already shipped, so I should have them. Uh, within a few days, I hope. Um, mm-hmm. So anybody who contributed, um, send me your, uh, if you haven't already sent a self-addressed stamped envelope, uh, send me your your name that you contributed under and your mailing address, and I will send you free stickers. And, uh, and anybody who wants free stickers, right here, address down here, send a self-addressed stamped envelope you know, regular size envelope, um, make sure, it's you know, inside the envelope, there's a prepaid one already filled out. And all I got to do is throw stickers in there and throw it in the mail and we will give you guys free stickers. Uh, we are also going to take all the people that donated the last episode. I'm going to put their names on pieces of paper and we're going to do a raffle and we're going to raffle off this beautiful pumpkin here that Chris has already signed. As I saw him last night, we went to the movies. We saw The Thing and Fargo double feature at a drive-in. And if you you care about me signing it, too, I can also sign it. And then we're going to raffle this off to somebody. And we're going to throw in a few other cool giveaways. And it got me thinking of cool ways we can, if you guys are cool enough to, you know, donate to us and participate in the live thing. We're going to start coming up with really cool giveaways that we're going to announce at the beginning of our live feed. And then for every $5 you donate, we're going to give you a raffle ticket and we're going to do big raffles for prizes. I think it's going to be a cool thing, but no matter how much you donated in this last one, you're going to get raffle tickets. And if you do- donated $20, I'll put four raffle tickets in for you. If you only donated $1.99, which a couple people did, you're still going to get a raffle ticket. Everybody's going to get to participate in this one. Next one, we'll start fine-tuning the rules. We'll do the $5 thing, and we'll, we'll make it a thing. And it's going to be fun, and we're going to have fun doing it's this.
0: It's a thing. Sean comes up, he's a thinker, he thinks of things, and then it becomes a thing. Yeah, with two heads. Yeah.
1: Also, I I need to get on top of the t shirt thing.
0: I was going to bring that up. I was like, where are we at with t shirts? Because I'm about to fucking uh, do it myself. Well, brother, no, no, let me stop you. But, you know, if, if, uh, what's the company you're saying might Hook us up? Talking to gutter garbs. garbs. That'd be pretty sweet. Let's do it. What do you want on the front of that? What do you want? What are you feeling for the t shirt art?
1: Just my face on the front. Chris's right. face on the back.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Cause I like the back.
1: Yeah, he does. He likes it. Likes it in the back. That's for sure. It's a pretty sweet deal there. Ran the numbers. It's pretty sweet
0: deal. It's a pretty sweet deal. These numbers are correct. Yeah. You know Grossman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, sweet deal yeah so what are you thinking on the cover of that uh, shirt what are you thinking just the regular logo or are we gonna do the alive version I like the alive I like the alive version. version it's a good t-shirt graphic
1: that could be a good t-shirt graphic it could be
0: or maybe I'd do a whole new one a whole new idea mm. concept okay I don't know. all right like well, we- guess we do got to do at least the logo the regular logo a regular logo
2: yeah
0: yeah
1: now you guys let us know what you think so we're going to go through some comments here we got lots of comments we're going to start comments with 80s monster kid who said i can't believe someone had an issue with sean and chris reading the fans questions from the comment section lmao what a tool that makes, that's what makes the show so wonderful. Imagine being a fan of the show and Sean reads your comments and then sparks a combo between Sean and Chris priceless. Um, yeah. Well, there's no reason to call somebody a tool.
0: Let's not call let's, each other names let's guys. Not We're fighting. not, in, look, we'll get to the, we'll get to the point where Sean and some other dude commented about my attire for, in that video for a while we'll get to that we'll get to the, the <laughs> did you eighth watch grade, the eighth grade bullying did you watch it guys i didn't <laughs> i didn't but uh we'll get to the eighth grade bullying of someone's retro attire but you really gotta watch you
1: need to watch because i when i because i no, we weren't
0: no you need to watch it <laughs>
1: <laughs> when i was putting the video in there i was thinking to myself chris is gonna fucking hate
0: me so much when he, see, when he sees uh, i'm all i'm all i'm all for laughing at myself and there's a lot to laugh at i'm easy target but uh but uh let's uh yeah let's not call each other names guys
1: i can't believe nobody pointed out how bad my acne was never I'm, I'm, I'm man i was looking rough back then yeah yeah, yeah. talk
0: about proactive yeah I could have used some proactivity.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> but anyway, sorry, you were reading. Go
1: ahead. My my undercut fucking long hair with the shaved sides. Oh, um, yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, you know, hey, uh, I think we've covered that pretty well, that we're not going to stop reading your comments, and that guy yeah. can fast forward, and that's the yeah. end of that. He's not even yeah. hearing this because he's fast forwarding. So. That's right. Uh, what is this crap?
0: I'm text. Oh. What is this crap?
1: Okay, People. so this this Macaleka High Mackey Heineho guy is uh, <laughs> is really. It's funny. He'll he'll make a good comment and then he'll go right. on a crazy rant. Right. So this is one of the good comments he he had. The way Chris described the show's format as a hangout, et cetera, and also the way Sean mentioned the channel comments generating conversation between the two of them are exactly what Opie and Anthony described as the concept behind their show. And the reason they brought topics to the show that were not funny or entertaining in and of themselves, but served the purpose of bringing out the jokes. So that's a good constructive comment. I'm not really familiar with Opie and Anthony. I've heard of them. But mm-hmm. but I mean, I know there are radio hosts, I guess. So oh, okay. cool. Right. Um, Lewis, just Lewis, said, oh. question for Chris. And the next yes. one, what was it like applying Pennywise makeup for the VR thing back in 2017? Huge it and Halloween fan.
0: Huge. Huge. Huge it
1: Huge. and Halloween fan. The Myers not as
0: cool as the Pennywise. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um but no uh yeah uh,
0: it was fun it was awesome it was great it was an honor it was a fun makeup to do not a terribly difficult makeup uh some of it is, is the only... VR thing it was uh we did uh, i did uh makeup here in la because um my buddies in the movie was shot and the makeup artists live in toronto canada uh, and I got a call to do him here because I was here and I'm buddies with them and blah 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 and so I did uh, it, part of it was for uh, the VR experience I think it I think it was for maybe universal or no, it's not universal It was for some Halloween haunted convention thing where it was a it VR experience where you go into a school bus or something and Hmm. put these VR things on. And it was a, a, Oh, I know what you're um, talking about. Pennywise comes at you and he's, I didn't get a chance to
1: check it out, but they had it. They had brought that bus to horror hound in Indianapolis and they had it in the parking lot, but I was too busy working. I didn't get to try it.
0: Yeah. So, so part of my job was in doing that, recreating that makeup on, on him was, uh, was to shoot a lot of that stuff we shot a lot of that stuff
1: oh see i, uh, no, I was always station. confused when they talked about you doing pennywise makeup i'm like i don't remember him working on that movie so you didn't work yeah. on the movie you just did that didn't movie. work
0: on the movie we did some additional photography
1: mm-hmm.
0: and shot that vr stuff gotcha so, um, so I did technically work on the movie, um, the first one, not the second one. I, I didn't do it, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, a lot of times, sometimes that's, that happens, um, happened to me on a few movies like suicide squad is a good example, finished principal photography. I went on to something else months later, they had to do reshoots or additional photography. I was unavailable. So I hired a couple guys to recreate the makeup that I did and that happens. And we, sp- flip-flop and so i got to do that's how i ended up doing the deadpool makeup on the first deadpool for quite a few scenes Is we reshot some scenes and did some additional photography and bill corso the artist who did that makeup wasn't available so he entrusted me to recreate the deadpool makeup and so that's what happened with the it thing and so i ended up doing that Uh, and it was a blast Uh, i like that makeup it's not difficult other than it has to be very clean um but um it 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 was it was fun it was it was a really fun makeup to do um and uh he was great the actor's great and the director's great and uh uh, i had a great time i would do that makeup again in a second so yeah
1: very cool very cool all right yeah um so we got bernie maddow said i love the interviews but this part of the show is the best part in my opinion so right on Bernie Thank you, mister. Good. Thanks, face. Bernie. Thanks buddy. Lee Griffith said, I believe the guy who purchased the poltergeist clown at auction was none other than Zach Baggins of ghost adventure. Uh, can't wait to see the interview with Fred Decker, monster, Squ- monster squad was always a childhood favorite of mine. Quick question. What were some of your favorite cartoons to watch when growing up? Huh? Uh, funny. I just covered the Zach Baggins things. I just learned that myself. Um, Mm-hmm. and uh you know welcome to the club Zach. um favorite cartoons when i was a little kid my favorite was underdog still mm-hmm. is a favorite today um that was in of course i liked scooby-doo's groovy ghoulies um
0: chris i was a huge speed racer fan mm-hmm. i loved speed racer um i loved scooby-doo of course. Um, Speed Racer, Scooby-Doo, um, Bugs Bunny, Warner Brothers, all that stuff was great, great shit. Um, I love the super, uh, the super friends. I was a big super friends, Justice League guy back in the day. Uh, Groovy Ghoulies, of course. Um, uh, yeah, but Speed Racer was my thing. I, I don't, I don't know why I gravitated towards that, but, but when I was young, I was really into Japanese uh, superhero culture and and cartoons and stuff. Kit Kider, there was a char- character called Kit Kider who was this guy who played guitar, and then he he throws guitar over and turn into like what was almost not an. I was into Ultraman. We hard, covered hardcore. you
1: covered Kit Kider in a previous oh, episode. Oh, did I? Yeah, oh, I even showed then.
0: clips. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. But anyway, yeah, those are the cartoons I was into. Yeah, and I'm sure I, I'll think of a bunch more after we're off the air.
1: Yeah. It's not a cartoon, but yeah, I, I used to love giant robot, giant Johnny yeah. Sacco and his flying robot was, yeah. was a big. F- I still collect giant robot stuff. I collect underdog stuff. I collect groovy ghoulies stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, so groovy ghoulies and underdog were my two favorite cartoons as a kid, for sure. A retro syntax era said, thanks guys. Wow. Damn. That was heavy. Chris is right. We are getting dumber. What can you do? Read more books. All right. <laughs> Thank you, sir.
0: There you go. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. And
1: keep your opinion <laughs> to yourself about the books. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Undead 89 said, can't wait for the Lost Boys Horror Hollow Grounds. And I'm definitely loving episodes with just the two of you. Guests aren't needed every episode, in my opinion. My favorite show on the tube any chance you gents could rank your favorite of the first three Romero zombie films, Night, Dawn, and Day? Well, that's mm. easy. I think we probably have the exact same ranking. I don't know. I know our first are oh. the. I think our first are the same. N- number one for me is Dawn. Hmm.
0: You interesting. Night is my first. Really? Yeah. Number two for me is Night. Then. Number day. two for me is number two for me is Dawn. Okay.
1: so you're just going in order.
0: I, I went in order. That's boring. I have a such a <laughs> soft spot for Night of the Living Dead, the, the original. It's just so... But I love Dawn of the Dead. I mean, I love... in all its forms and all its versions. I have that super great, you know, that box, that super ultimate Dawn of the Dead with <laughs> all these different versions. European version, the director's cut. Kind of, you know. I love it. I love Dawn of the
1: Dead. Yeah. J-Bone j j bone tacony
0: j bone Tacony ta- let's just call him j bone
1: my man j bone said anyone bone. ever see brotherhood of the wolf
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's good i like I think, brotherhood i
1: think i saw it like way back when it came out and it is i thought it was all right i don't. I, it yeah. wasn't something i ever thought of revisiting that's that I'm Mark, Mark yeah. Descacus, I think his name.
0: Descacus. D- yeah, whatever. Descacus. Yeah. I did a movie with him. Oh, yeah. Called Crying Free Man.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 yeah was that I with Steve that Wang? Wang? Worked? No, that was me.
0: I did it on my own. Oh,
1: you did it all yourself? I'm thinking yeah. Guyver with Steve Wang. You're thinking Guyver. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Poss Nicholson said, just want to say or pose. I think I got it right the first time and he told me that I got it right, but I yeah, I think he says it here in the thing. Just want to say, Pose Nicholson said, just want to say it was definitely the Christopher who was knocking your banter and questioning, answering at the beginning of your shows I was referring to when I said take a volume and have a lie down and not the great Christopher Nelson. Just want to clear that up in case there was any confusion. <laughs> by the way, Sean, you said my name right straight away and then I fuck it up by saying it wrong now. There it's there pronounced mean. pause. It's a silent S. To be honest, my real name's Paul. Ha <laughs> ha. I just got called Pause as a young man as a nickname with with the S in it, and it's stuck ever since. Great show, by the way, and congrats on ten thousand subs. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you. That's the and I think I remember realizing on the show that he wasn't talking about me. He was talking about
1: the other guy. Yeah. And I didn't realize it until you pointed it out. I was like, man, he's being harsh to poor Chris. <laughs> I know. Barlow's boutique said, I believe Marge from Jaws 2 is the best looking woman from the franchise. I don't know about that, but uh, also well, the, whatever not- fills
0: your spank bank, buddy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Also, the not-quite-Hollywood documentary segment on stuntmen was bonkers. Those guys were nuts.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that Australian uh, documentary about Australian movies. It's a great, <laughs> great documentary.
1: Sack Ed Jason, I read your comment. Thank you for agreeing with me. We'll just keep it at that. Uh, Christina Healy, thanks for reading my comment. Sorry for the grammar mistake, as I sometimes forget to read back and fix those mistakes. So, Oops. Thanks for calling me Christian instead of Christina in the beginning. Even though I felt a bit embarrassed about the grammar mistake, I had grown up with a sarcastic Irish family. So I have a good sense of humor, and my mother still nicknames me Chris for short to this day, and I'm used to it. Despite the embarrassment, which was probably deserved, you're really, you're kind of harping on this too long. Don't, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> um i loved this episode and would love to see the chucky movies ranked as it is my favorite horror franchise even the ridiculous ones like see the chucky which i mostly love due to brad dorf's dialogue
0: hmm.
2: all
1: right well don't
0: days- be so hard on yourself no. with the whole with the you're, you're a little hard on yourself don't you gotta like take it easy take it easy you'll be all right
1: ghoulish expeditions said does the dude who that made the haunted mansion sign have links that thing is awesome oh Uh, if you're seeing this my my friend send me a link so i can post on the next episode and i will uh if those are available for purchase i don't know if they are i don't know if he does it as a hobby or he sells them he's got to sell them he must sell them somewhere. He's,
0: he's got it. He should. They're really beautiful. I hung
1: mine in my haunted mansion themed bathroom. Ooh. It, it fit perfect.
0: Ooh. Was like, nice. Haunted mansion themed bathroom. Yeah. That gives new meaning yeah. to the term hitchhiking ghost. Yeah. Welcome, foolish flushers.
1: I don't know. Boom. Maybe. Tony Floyd said another killer episode, much love and respect to you guys. Also, Sean, I asked this during the live episode, but a million questions overshadowed it. Well, you should have contributed, bro. We would have saw it up. Oh, just saying, um, uh, I asked this during the live episode, but a million questions overshadowed it. But have you ever got Kurt Russell to come to a convention or will you once things get back to normal? PS favorite drummer, Nick Mason, Nick Mason, good drummer, Pink Floyd. Um, I've never personally ever had any contact with Kurt Russell. I know that, I know show promoters who have. And one time it sounded like it might've been close to happening, but didn't, you know, I don't know. You know, if if I ever had some real face-to-face time with him, you know, um, I might be able to talk to him about it. And, you know, it's one of those things when you meet celebrities like that, unless you're in a real relaxed environment, it's really hard to have a real conversation and to try to pitch somebody something while you're passing by is just a waste
0: of time. Yeah. Cause they're constantly getting that. Yeah. Constantly getting pitched something. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I did a, um, I had a, a, quite the exchange with Kurt Russell on guardians of the galaxy Two. Oh, I'm jealous. I'll tell that story. It's a good story. I'm not going to tell it right now. I'm going to tease it. It's oh, a good story. It's a good, it's a good story. story. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's
1: he's one of my bucket lists for sure.
0: I mean, is he?
1: I mean, dude, I, I
0: he was not thrilled about signing my thing, uh, laser disc, which is signed Hello, by Darkness, Duke, my Duke Hunter, friend. Duke, so Really? He was not thrilled about it. That's disappointing. It, it, it was, it was, when I tell you this story, you're going to, it's, it's a, it's a good story and I know I'm teeing it up a little too much to not tell it, but I'm going to save it. Cause it's a good one. Um, well, I was, you say uh, it's a uh, good
1: story. Like it's good. but then you say he wasn't happy about signing it. It sounds like it's bad. <laughs> so
0: it's both. The story is good. Yeah. The content, the arc
1: of it. Well, you know, that's, a, that's the context of it. I've it? heard nothing but great things about him.
0: He's a very nice man.
1: I mean, in fact, I have a... I've never met him, but I have mm-hmm. a thing mini poster uh, signed by him that my good friend Devin Whitehead, who's a pretty well-known artist in the genre, he, he's one of those guys, he's a hardcore, what they call a grapher, and he goes to premieres and airports and wherever he has to go to get an autograph and he'll mm. constantly let me know like if he knows it's somebody i really want he'll be like mm. dude kurt russell's coming in on the blah 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 flight at lax
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> how they find this stuff out
0: how do they find that shit i out? don't know
1: but i'm just like yeah, i and, and and i've never done that i'm like dude i can't <laughs> i can't do that i can't show up no, at the airport i just no. i can't do that um but he said i'll get you something and and he takes you know he said kurt always stops and signs for them
2: wow
0: takes no he's a very nice man i'm not saying he's not don't get the impression that i'm saying he's not a nice guy he's an interesting guy
1: kyle morris said you're doing a great job and this is one of the main shows i look forward to weekly after work If you can give any other known details on the black box, I'm very curious. It's odd that it's so hard to find anything on it. Yeah, I I found as much as I could to throw into the episode. I added little things. Um, Daniel Caruso. Fuck you. Hi, guys. I'm really glad you like the stuff I've sent you. I really do appreciate you guys and what you do for the fans. This past Friday was a treat. I enjoyed being able to talk slash text to you guys live. It was fantastic. Also want you to know, I love the fact that you guys read our comments. It's the part that always feels like we are sitting in the same room, laughing at the same things. My wife always thinks I have people in the basement and I'm laughing that I'm laughing with, and she gets a kick out of it. As always, thanks so much.
0: Well, thank you, Daniel. That was very nice of you. We appreciate your commitment to the show. Your ongoing devotion.
1: Kevin Reynolds said, Sean and Chris, I love that you dedicated episode 18 to answering fan questions. The guest interviews are fantastic, but it means more to see you guys taking time to engage your fans and making us feel like an integral, integral, uh, integral. I can't speak an integral part of the show. Cheers to you, to you both. Cheers to you both. Keep up the awesome job. Thank you. Thanks buddy. Sawyer Smoke said the Halloween cast video dropping on Halloween was a treat. Thank you both for all the hard work you guys do for all of us horror nerds out there. Enjoyed cracking a cold one with some snacks and joining on the live stream last Friday. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. That's awesome. Lee Fusion Robinson. Lee Fusion Robinson said Halloween at home was amazing, pal. Sent it all... All, sent it to all my mates and filming in Halloween, and told them sent it all my mates and filming in Halloween. Uh, okay, and told them to watch the film you was in. Hey, you did a great job, bud, and lots of thumbs and the metal sign. Thank you, Lee Fusion Robinson. Uh, we got uh, an, another one from uh, Paz Nicholson. Nearly forgot to ask my question. I was wondering what both of your favorite soundtracks of a horror movie is, and also a non-horror movie as well. By soundtrack, I mean actual songs, not themes. So he's talking about like like rock soundtracks of like actual band music. Um, like my favorite one is Return of the Living Dead, and my favorite non-horror is SLC Punk. What is your, your two faves? Hmm me just rock like music ones huh that's that's uh that's an interesting one um that is a good one i like days that confused a lot
0: yeah that's a good one. i i like uh um gross point blank has a good soundtrack
1: right? yeah love that movie so it's much good. yeah um that's a really underrated gem
0: oh it really is anytime that's on i have to watch it too because it, it's just so good and funny and great
1: yeah yeah, I, I and I love
0: Joe Strummer and I love, you know all that stuff, but uh,
1: I mean, um, that's it's funny as you talk about uh, talk about like sort of a disappointing meet, John Cusack. I've met him a couple mm, times, and
0: I've heard that's all I've ever heard about that guy.
1: He's just he doesn't really engage at all. He's very, yeah, I was very disappointed. I've met him, I've met him several times. First time I met him was as a journalist. I interviewed him for fourteen oh eight on camera one on one and ended up kind of getting in an argument with him. Oh wow. Over Stephen King films. It was Oh wow. Yeah, I, I made a comment that you know
3: uh
1: I said something to the effect of you know that it's a shame, you know, that they're really there aren't too many good adaptations of king mm-hmm. films there's a lot of bad ones there's a lot a lot more worse ones than there are good ones mm-hmm. and he's, i disagree and he starts like naming you know the sh- you know obviously carrie shiny but and i said yeah but for every one of those there's a carry to the rage or the tommy knockers or or yeah. you know Maximum the langoliers or, or yeah i mean yeah. and and he got been out of shape like from that point on we weren't friends Was like (laughs) I disagreed with him. Right. But
0: anyway, um, celebrities don't like that when you disagree with them. Yeah. Don't
1: do that. Uh, As far as other music soundtracks, God, that's a, that's kind of a tough one. It's not really something I think about. I love the fast time soundtrack.
0: Yeah. Fast Um, time. great.
1: but horror, Mm -hmm. rock and horror. I mean the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 soundtrack is kind of a fun rock soundtrack. Um, Ferris
0: Bueller's got a good soundtrack. Oh, um,
1: Fast Ways Trick or Treat soundtrack is great.
0: Mm. Ferris Bueller, yeah,
1: yeah. Mm, mm. Um, oh, Valley Girl, Valley Girl's mm. That it, it, yeah. I know they never released an official complete. There, there's a really awesome like two two record set bootleg mm-hmm. that is really good. Has mm-hmm. all the music from the film. That's a great one. That's a great. Boogie
0: Nights. Bogey Nights has a great. Yeah. Yeah. soundtrack i can uh, there's more non-horror great soundtracks than there are horror. a
1: ones. lot of quentin's are good too his soundtracks yeah. are mm-hmm. good too
0: yeah
1: mm-hmm. um Ja brown said i love hearing you guys talk before the guests come on i guess these people don't know how to fast forward on video <laughs> <laughs> love hearing about your life in the horror world it's amazing well thank you appreciate it
0: yeah Thanks, man.
1: Uh, Special Ed. I know you like that name. Special Ed. (laughs) I do. Gentlemen, another solid way to kill a couple hours. Thanks, as always. Question for you both. With Thanksgiving being right around the corner, do you guys watch Blood Rage for the holiday? Or are you fans in general? That isn't cranberry sauce. That's a quote from a movie, apparently. I've never seen Blood Rage. Have you? No, never have. Need to check that out. Um,
0: I'm assuming it's a Thanksgiving-themed horror film
1: gotta be yeah okay. i'm I, i'm still hoping eli makes his thanksgiving film. <laughs> that's the best part i think of that entire movie is is the thanksgiving trailer right i just love it thanksgiving it's just that dark thanksgiving dark meat right. white meat all will be carved Um,
0: <laughs> my buddy kevin wasner is in that trailer he plays isn't the he turkey. the turkey yeah, yeah he's the turkey yeah
1: <laughs> oh that's awesome um, yeah i need to check that out there were some trailers last night before our double feature yeah episode. i was like i've never seen this movie
0: <laughs> i haven't seen oh my god what was the one the five the devil's five what was that oh, one called um the
1: the devil in five or the f- five for the devil or something like that no
0: it was oh my god that one i was like i have to see that one yeah well, there is there i'm gonna look it up the, it was a really great name and I was, it was like, and a cool logo too. A very cool logo. It was very similar to ours. Um, the f-
1: something, devil times five,
0: devil times five. Yeah. That's it.
1: We need to find I, that.
0: I gotta see that cause that looks just great.
1: Oh, and there's um, some really bad ones in there. Uh, have you ever seen Kathy's curse?
0: I haven't. I know about it, but I have I'm the missing. blu-ray. Really? This Is it bad? Yeah, it's... So I'm sure cool. the devil times five is pretty bad, too. But, damn, that looks super fun. And what was the other one? They had the brood, which I like the brood. They had the brood. They had Silent Night, Deadly Night. Oh, and, Silent Night, Deadly Night, which is great. I love that one. It's fun.
1: And then they had, like, Hot Dog. And they had... Hot the, Dog. There was and a, they had... They didn't... I was disappointed. Ski they School.
0: Wasn't it Ski School or something? Hold on. They what? had Better Off Dead.
1: Yeah. It wasn't ski school because ski school's the one with Dean Cameron.
0: Oh right, you're right. It was
1: something else like Ski Patrol.
0: Ski Patrol. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, um,
1: but there was another horror one that. What was that horror one that was in the snow that was like snowboarders? I'd never even heard of it, like shattered.
0: Oh, you're right. Yeah, where it's like a haunted ski slope.
1: <laughs> it looks so bad. So bad. Is it called Shattered or something? Or it had it a was stupid called... name like that.
0: And, and they showed curtains.
1: Yeah. Which is another totally. not so great horror film. Yeah. Anyway. Um hold on. Let me think uh no
0: devil times five because there is no way to survive the devil times five that looked fun
1: yeah um, I gotta see that it was called Shredder
0: Shredder that's yeah.
1: it yeah Shredder it did not look that good no but it was there was some interesting trailers they, they I'm picked surprised out they
0: didn't show a trailer for that one that what was the one that the guy made about the whole thing takes place on a chairlift.
1: Oh, Frozen.
0: Frozen, that's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Frozen would have been a good one. Uh, obviously, yeah. Ski School would have been a good one. They could have done Dead Snow. You know? Dead Snow, yeah. Um, since it was a snow themed double feature. Yeah.
0: I liked what they showed, though.
1: Yeah, no, it was fun. Shredder.
0: It was fun. Devil times five. <laughs> the Devil times five leaves nobody alive. <laughs>
1: uh, Todd Jara said, "I loved watching the episode, and when you played the clip of you and Chris at the convention together in the dealer's room, here we I, go. <laughs> I don't know what was funnier,
0: your guys' hair, of or the Daisy Dukes.
1: Chris is wearing <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> those aren't Daisy Dukes. Not Daisy harping Dukes, on you, Chris. And... Not harping. Yeah, you on... are, buddy. You're out. That's Not it. I'm shutting you. this down." <laughs>
1: Not harping on you, Chris. Just thinking of the crazy stuff we used to wear back in the day. That if we wore today, we'd probably get lynched. Cheers, guys. Oh yeah, oh god, I don't know yeah. what was going up with the, those roll-up shorts you're wearing. They were the bottoms were rolled up.
0: Yeah, I don't you know were what all I was denim. Thinking. You had a denim jacket and denim. That shorts. was a Canadian tuxedo, baby. That's what that was. It was. A, that was. Yeah, I know. Oh my god. And it's Thank so god god funny. I, I,
1: because you look at camera for a second like my buddy's walking through the convention and you literally turn and go and look right at the camera and look right away you do i i slow mode it (laughs) what year was that 93 okay yeah Uh 93 isn't that crazy to think that that long ago you and i were just mingling around in the same room had no idea who we were you know
0: yeah yeah that is strange
1: Uh, Gary Sim said, "Love this show. I listen to the show while working from home. Keep up the good work." From Scotland.
0: Oh, I love my pals in Scotland. I love you guys. <laughs> Thanks for watching, man. Really appreciate it.
1: Around the fur, Britain said, "Congrats on the milestone, fellas. You guys deserve the YouTube streaming respect. Respect." Anyways, your videos keep my days brighter in these dark and dull times. Keep the great content coming. Glad you both had a fantastic Halloween. Have a great one. Until next time, meat sweats, <laughs> edit, whoa, <laughs> you never had a peanut butter and fluff. Dude, make a grilled peanut butter and fluff sandwich. You won't regret it. Wow. I don't think it being grilled is going to help, brother. I mean, I, no. I tried it. It was, it, was, it, was a, it was a bit much for me. Yeah, appreciate your
0: your nice comment, though.
1: Yes. Uh, Bubba, Bubba says, Bubba. awesome Halloween 3 shirt, Sean. Also, I think Michael Rooker would be a great guest. I bet the three of you all would have some fantastic stories to tell. We'll take that into consideration. <laughs> uh, E.L. Vetter said, yeah, this at... 11115, one, my question appeared. Ha ha. Yes, my name is E.L. Edgar Leonard Vetter, Bert for short, not directly related to Eddie Vetter. Thanks for clearing All that right. up. 80s Monster Kid is back and he said, I had an absolute blast on the last Friday's live. Thank you, sir.
0: Thank Kevin
1: Wrightson said, You have a blessed day too,
0: Christopher. Oh,
1: and that was the guy that didn't bless you, he blessed me and someone else, but not you.
0: Devil times five. The devil
1: times five. Devils times five.
0: Devil times five.
1: EPG74 said, Jaws 2 Marge scene. I remember it from the first time the movie was on network TV. When I saw the movie again years later, it was missing. I thought there was a problem with the movie. Was happy to hear others recalled the scene. Oh, so maybe it's Mm. not folklore.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Both of these said Sean I was in the same exact position as you with the great pumpkin hadn't seen it in years decided to show it to my girlfriend and found out it wasn't as good as I remembered
0: <laughs> I still love it yeah. I don't care I still love it
1: boogeyman ban
0: boogeyman ban he's a boogeyman
1: also major Sorry. congratulations on the 10k milestone thank you sir thanks thank you sleep with the light on said were either of you fans of joe bob briggs monster vision was my introduction to horror watching it when i was way too young for it thanks to my dad were you ever a joe
0: bob briggs fan um it's not that i wasn't a fan i just never really got into it i like the idea of it yeah. um what the, the the little i've seen of it i mean i'm of course now who he is and respect and uh, but I never really got hardcore into watching that. The, the few times I did, I enjoyed it. It was fine. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, you know, it's weird. <clears throat> I also never really got into it. I'm, I like the guy. I think he's funny. Yeah. Um, but I'm one of these guys that when I watch a horror film, I want to watch the unedited film. I don't want to watch it with breaks and somebody commenting right. on it. I, I, I get how that could be appealing to some people. Um, I, you know, I watched it back in the day. In fact, I even recorded a few episodes. I have a few of the originals on VHS. But as far as this new incarnation on Shudder, I tried watching it and I couldn't get into it. I think he's funny though. Like when I see interviews yeah. with him, I think he's funny and he knows his shit, but
0: yeah, I, I, I can't totally get into it. I'm with you on that. I, I, it's kind of like Sven I watch Sven sometimes, sometimes, uh, which I tape still. And I'll put it on, and I get yeah. I I was never a fan of getting interrupted during while watching a movie. Yeah, it takes me. I I, I get into it too much. I don't, I appreciate it, and some of it's funny. It's kind of like I was a fan of Mystery Science Theater.
1: I couldn't get into
0: that. I couldn't get like into it. That it used to make me laugh so hard, but I didn't like it when they cut away to the 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 skits. I like I just like to watch them make fun of the movie. Like I. Uh, because I like to do that sometimes yeah. is make fun and have a running commentary so um but uh yeah I got nothing against the guy he knows what he's doing and uh, yeah. yeah uh Jordan
1: Moran said congrats on 10k subs guys well deserved Chris was the Aussie outlaw movie the proposition with Guy Pearce and Ray Winstone written by Nick Cave and I believe scored by him too That is a great movie. I think he's asking, is that the movie you were trying to think of?
0: It it was one of them. It was one of them. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, see it. It's great. Uh, Did you ever figure out what that movie was? I didn't. I have to figure it out. I I forgot about it. Hmm. It's a good movie, though. Oh, yeah, I did. I I said it on the show. Did you? It's something about the Kelly Gang. Oh, that's right. The
1: Kelly Gang. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Wolf said, another great episode, fellas. How do you feel about the Nightmare on Elm Street remake?
0: The one with Jackie Earl Haley? Yeah, I thought it was bad. Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah,
1: I thought Jackie Earl Haley did a fine job. He's a great actor. I just thought it was a bad script and not... Yeah. It just wasn't well done.
0: I I 100% agree. I think it couldn't make up its mind what it wanted to be. I think it was... I think that it was trying to like, is Freddie, was Freddie Krueger innocent? Was he guilty? Was he a child molester? Was he a child killer? What was it like? It, it didn't have any definite rules. And I thought he did a great job as Freddie Krueger. I thought he did an excellent job. I thought he was underused and um, the potential of what that was, wasn't met. So. Mm.
1: Uh, what's the best recent slash modern horror flick you guys have enjoyed?
0: When we say new, what are we talking about? Within the last couple of years? Is it last five years? we are ask. <laughs> I have no way of asking. I, the Witch. I love The Witch. I love Robert Edgar's films. I like The Lighthouse. I consider that a horror film. I haven't I seen The great. Lighthouse yet. I really enjoyed it. It's fucking weird as shit and, and awesome and beautiful. Uh, I enjoyed. I liked Hereditary. Um, I liked Last Hereditary. Train, Basan. Um, yep. Midsummer. Last Train, Basan.
1: Midsummer didn't do much for me.
0: Mm. thought it's it was trying a, too hard to be weird. Yeah. Yeah. I liked hereditary though. I watched possessor the other night. Yeah. I uh, wasn't bad. I wasn't totally crazy about it, but it, I didn't hate it as much as I thought.
1: Oh, boogie man, Ben he had something <laughs> Urgh, more back. than just a good comment. Good man. Ben is back again. Good good he's going man, Ben. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for another great episode question for you both regarding Christmas movies do you Mm -hmm. both consider gremlins a christmas movie yes absolutely yes i always have and really feel like it was a big influence on mike doherty's krampus another favorite of mine during the holidays i also watch ghostbusters 2 at christmas because it's set during the holiday season what was i just watching i just watched something that i was like oh this is a i I think i even brought it up that oh this is a christmas movie because it's set in christmas but
0: not die hard
1: no, I, I know we talked about that, but there was something I literally just watched, and I go, Oh, this is, oh, Jaws, Jaws, uh, the Revenge Christmas. Movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it is a Christmas movie. XX uh, Zach, yeah. XX Brudner said, Congrats on the 10K. Thank um, you. Tommy Wittig said, Hey, guys, another great show. While I enjoy your guests very much, I really enjoy just hanging out with the two of you uh, as you read questions and interact. It feels like I'm hanging out with two lifelong friends. Let's not get crazy there, Tommy. Um, thanks much. It's a
0: hug, buddy. Come here, give me a hug, buddy.
1: Back off, Bring buddy. It back in. off. Bring he it. Bring wants it the in. hug. I want you to back away. Um oh, oh, now horror. a question for the two you two horror aficionados. Do you remember a slasher from 1983 slash eighty-four titled Curtains? That's funny, because we were just talking about it. <laughs> for yeah. what it's worth. Everyone I have asked this uh to simply doesn't remember it. I too just yeah. turned 50. So it's really a blast right the nostalgia train with you guys. Take care and keep these chat casts coming. Yes. I mean, I, I know curtains quite well. We yeah. actually showed that trailer before our double feature last night. And you know, it's not a great movie. It's got creepy moments. That weird old woman mask mm-hmm. you know, on mm-hmm. the ice with the fucking sickle thing is, it's a good scene, but it's not a great movie but it's got some creepy imagery your thoughts on curtains
0: chris Uh, i don't have many thoughts on it i think i saw it once quite some time ago and was like meh um but uh yeah we saw the trailer last night that's so funny that that just came up yeah Uh, i think we were watching the trailer and stephanie they kept saying the word curtains throughout the trailer yeah and stephanie goes and then it said curtains and she goes oh my god that's the name of the movie (laughs) Yeah. It's like French doors. It was like so bad. (laughs) Anyway.
1: You know, when you walk through French doors, there can be scary things on the other side of French
0: doors. (laughs) French doors. Ooh, la, la. You're dead.
1: Prince Wish said, I'm from New England as well. And yes, fluff was an absolute staple. And so was going to Salem on Halloween. Great show as always. Thank you. Thank you. Steve Binger, the Bingster. The Bingster's back. Said congrats on 10K subs. You guys deserve a million more. Much love. Stay safe. You know something I got to tell you about this. Since we hit the 10K, it just kind of petered. Yeah. It's petered. I figured yeah, we'd hit petered. 11. Like it, It's like a slow. No. Uh,
0: our, I don't know what we're doing wrong because our, our, our numbers are down. They're not. They're, yeah. They're, they're, we've plateaued. Yeah, I, I think maybe we need to change it up. Do something more exciting. Maybe we need to switch up the content. Maybe we got to do skits and funny business, or um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys want to? tell You, you want to get more in depth about? Oh, you know, in we the could face. start doing with pies in the face. We could start doing reviews of new horror movies that come out. You want us to watch fucking freaky and talk about that? We'll do that. What do you want? Because huh. I won't. No, actually, I don't want to do that.
1: So. <laughs> Tommy Middle Middle Midland Tommy Middleton said I'm just here to ask Chris to please do the face from Santa Claus is Coming to Town <laughs> I LOLed at that for real so good random question for you both favorite John Hughes movie dude when you did that face I looked really hard to try to find up uh, I I knew the face you were you were doing yeah yeah and I was like man I don't want to have to actually pull out the blu-ray Right. Don't burn a copy of it, and watch through the whole movie to watch him go. You know, but you do it better than me. Do the face, come on. I love that. Man. All right, the there Chris Kringle uh, scared face.
0: There
1: you go, dude. When I saw that, when I was editing, I was dying. You nailed that.
0: Yeah, I love that face. It burned into my brain when I was a kid. Uh, I don't know why, it was just did. Um,
1: uh, favorite John Hughes movie. Oh boy.
0: That's a good one, man. I mean, you can't...
1: Breakfast Club, that's mine. Is it really? Breakfast Club. I'm going to
0: say it's a toss-up between Planes, Trains, and Automobiles or 16 Candles.
1: Yeah, planes, trains, and automobiles doesn't even enter my ranking. Oh my god! I'm sorry. I, I like the teen ones. I, I like Pretty and Pink. I like some kind of wonderful, 16 Candles, Weird
0: Science. Uh, you know, and Breakfast Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck is nah. a big one for me too. Nah. Ooh, come on, man! Yeah, nope. John Hughes at his best. Nope. Not a fan of the right. of the Uncle but Buck. But 16, if you're gonna go teen. Teen John Hughes, I'm going 16 Candles all the way. Okay. The movie is genius okay.
1: Brandon Gregory, I agree. Animal Kingdom is fantastic. Also, if you're ever in the mood, check out 2007's Candy. That's about a drug-addicted couple played by Heath Ledger and Abby Cornish. It is very
0: entertaining. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to check that out. Thank never, you. Never seen it. Never, me neither.
1: Kelsey Solem said, so sorry to have fallen behind love the jaws episode any status on merch and what's the address again to send stuff to question have either of you seen the rocky horror picture show ever met anyone from the cast well right here is the address where you can send stuff to us uh we kind of covered the merch thing already stickers are coming if you want them that same address right here send a self-addressed stomp stomped stomped envelope and i will uh send you stickers. Um, as far as Rocky Horror Picture Show, I've pretty much met everybody except for the main guy, Richard, uh, what's his name? The guy who created it, Richard. The guy who plays... Um, Riff Raff.
0: Riff Raff?
1: Yeah, I, Richard. Uh, his name's escaping me. It's funny because that's the
0: story I have about meeting him. Oh, he's the Richard... one you met? I met, well, I met Tim Curry, who's wonderful,
1: I got to hang out with Tim Curry at his house for like eight hours.
0: That's cool.
1: Cause a buddy of mine did a private signing with him. So I went to his house. He lives very close to you, actually very close. Does he? Yeah.
0: Where's and, your uh, Richard O'Brien.
1: Richard O'Brien. Yeah. And, uh, I helped him with the private signing He's really, I mean, lovely gentleman um met all the other i know barry bostwick pretty well from the convention scene and i obviously i work with meatloaf so i i talked to meat oh i met
0: meatloaf that's
1: right i talked to meat quite often when Meat, and actually meat will probably be a, a guest on our show pretty soon because mm. uh, i'd mentioned it to him and he's he's down so mm. so yes and, yeah, and as far I'm, as rocky horror i am never been a big fan i love the me music neither. love the music
0: yeah but I don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. I don't get it. it. I just don't get it. I don't like musicals though, a, and mm-hmm. and I, I that one I was just it's too it's just too goofy. I don't yeah. know. I, I, I I'm like what I don't know, man. But I I met meet Meat and I auditioned up for the same role. I met him in an audition when I was acting. I ended up getting the role actually. <laughs> but um, I thought you did makeup.
1: Uh, didn't you work on Pelts? No? Okay. Somebody I know worked with him on Pelts, the Masters of Horror episode.
0: No. I, I, I met him at an audition for, it was an HBO series pilot called 1%. Hmm. And it was a biker pilot. And it was being shot at the same time that Sons of Anarchy pilot was being shot. And I went for out for the HBO pilot. Ended up getting the role. And we shot the pilot. Uh, but it didn't get picked up. And I was so bummed. Um, uh, But, and then I met Richard O'Brien in Australia, in Sydney. I was there doing a movie. And I got invited to a party at his house. And I went to his house and Jennifer Connelly was there. And he was there and went there with a couple of people on the crew, got really drunk. And then he hit on me. And uh, I was like, I gotta go.
1: And you've been together been, ever since. Was, and we've been together ever since.
0: <laughs> Hi, Richard. <laughs> Talking about you. Talking about you. No. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's my... But yeah, not a big fan of the Rocky Horror Picture Show.
1: Easy the Third said, question for Chris, without ending your career, do you think you could let us in on your favorite director? You've uh, One you've worked with and one you love for their work overall i don't know how that would end your career
2: yeah no I, don't.
1: I think maybe like thinking oh if you say that so-and-so is your favorite director it might offend other directors i don't know
0: oh.
1: um your favorite director one you've worked with and one you love for their work overall
0: One hmm. i've worked with my favorite director i don't know i have a couple i've worked with some good ones tarantino is a good one jay roach who I worked with on the Austin Powers films. He's a good director. I like him a lot. Um, That was, it was fun. And others I worked with, Paul Thomas Anderson is great. David Gordon Green is great to work with, I gotta say that. Uh, There's a lot that I've worked with. I've been lucky to work with some pretty amazing directors. Um, Barry Levinson was great. as far as uh, people I'd want to work with that I like their work, David Fincher, I've always wanted to work with David Fincher. Um, I really want to work with Robert Eggers is the director who did The Witch and Lighthouse. I really want to work with him. Um, I never got to work with David Cronenberg. I always wanted to. Um, there's, I mean, it's endless. Um, people that I really like right now that are directing There's some really great. Directors. The guy who directed Drive. I really like his work. Uh, uh, Windig. What's his name? Ruf, Rufus Windig something. Else. I don't know. Anyway. Guy who directed he, direct, Drive. he directed Drive. He was a great director. But anyway, There you go. Boop.
1: David and Abby's movie Massacre said, Fluff needs to be refrigerated. It tastes better cold. Love the channel. You guys are awesome. Keep on going on. Or keep on keeping on. You know, funny thing. I read that comment and I immediately put it in the fridge still don't know what I'm going to put it on right but you know I have an idea what you can put it on uh Mike Wolf said yo can you post the trailer to that spooky world documentary would love to see it thanks fellas always a pleasure I thought I did post I did post it I posted on the screen the link to the trailer look back at that episode when I'm talking about it I I posted it damn it Maybe, maybe do it again I don't god remember. dang now i gotta go back and copy it and put it here okay here it is again all right mike wolf you seeing this shit follow this
0: <laughs> pay attention mike yeah thanks Pick for
1: up. extra work mike wolf bump in the night studio says caught this on no views number one over here so he was the first guy to view that he's firsties. firsties firsties uh nathaniel verse said another excellent episode love your stories and all the work you both have done Uh, Mark Todd said, don't let that naysayer fool get you down because he doesn't like comments being read. The interaction is awesome. He just hates fun. (laughs) (laughs) Besides, there's some irony in making a comment about not liking comments. That's kind of an Obi-Wan who's the fool sort of thing. (laughs) Okay. Fear the Juggalo said... Hey guys, thanks for answering and going in depth on my movie land black box question. Oh, so it was he, he, who asked the black box question. Sorry. I bored Chris with it. Boy, that, the timing is good.
2: Another question.
1: (laughs) Do you guys remember Disneyland's Mickey's Halloween haunt that had a live had live scare actors in the rides and attractions? I believe that was the only year they did it because they got so many complaints and it was too scary. (laughs) Feel free to check out Feel free to check out again, Chris.
0: (laughs) Wow. He's really
1: he's ripping you one.
0: Wow, he is. He's handing me my hat.
1: Can you guys do an episode on top five favorite Twilight Zone episodes and least favorite? You'd wish No, not now. (laughs) You'd wish to the cornfields. Would you wish you to the
0: cornfields? (laughs)
1: Would love to hear your opinions and see any movie props you guys may own. Thanks. Well, look, right there's a few right there that Chris owns.
0: Yeah, I have tons of them. I'm not showing them to you now. (laughs) I'm checked out.
1: (laughs) Don't be a bitch. I'm having peanut m ms
0: Yes, Uh, we all can hear that.
1: All right, that's all I have left. I needed some really. Um, Is that it? I've never heard no. There's still more. Oh. I meant that's all oh, I had God. left of fucking Eminem. Oh, oh, you got wow. You we got some life out of Chris there for a second. Oh, we Is done. Is
2: that it? <laughs> <laughs> Great.
1: Um, I've never heard that Mickey's Halloween Haunt thing. That sounds Me neither. cool.
0: It does sound cool. I prefer that.
1: How cool would it be to have like real pirates jumping out at you in Pirates of the Caribbean?
0: That'd be awesome.
1: Arg. You
0: know, You're on the haunted mansion. That'd be awesome. I do like the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas stuff at the haunted mansion and stuff. I know a lot of people bag on that, but I I really enjoy it. I
1: love, I it. love it. Haunted Mansion holiday. <clears throat> yeah, it's I'm great. a big fan. I'm a big and you know it's cool. You know it's, it's they they only do it a few months a year, so.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Lee Bowers congratulating us on 10K. Thank you, Lee. Um, Steve the Binger. The Bingster's back, said he wants to know if we had any uh, big plans for Turkey Day.
0: I have none. Not big plans. I mean, I'm going to cook. Girl and I are going to cook. We love to cook. I love cooking Thanksgiving dinner, especially my homemade mashed potatoes.
1: Jacob Bassett said, Sean, what are your favorite things to get slash look at at Frank and Sons? Also, have you been to the new location in the city of industry? I was pleasantly surprised when you pointed out that the phone booth scene in Halloween 78 was filmed there. Also, Chris, if you get a chance, you should go personally. I think it's great. Congratulations on 10 K and we should go. It's, it's fun. It's cool. What is it? It's that place I told you about. That's like a, it's, it's, it's almost like a convention. It's all vendors and one big warehouse and it's only open on Wednesdays and Saturdays. It's in the city of industry and uh it that's the place i told you i i got the american psycho doll mm-hmm. they got really cool stuff um mm. it's it it's definitely worth checking out is it going now with the covid still i think so i mean they're doing yeah. social distancing thing and i don't know what the current status is since we just got pushed into the purple tier yeah but you know we should uh, you know i know the guy that runs it i could hit him up and ask him he might even be willing to let us in early, like before the it opens for the public and
0: Oh, so I'd be down for that. But I'm getting a little scary. It's getting a little scary out there again. It's getting pretty, pretty, pretty nasty. I think I'm gonna lay low for a bit.
1: He may not even do this anymore. This is too much.
0: This is too, this is too much. <laughs> it might be might get COVID being on here for so long.
1: And if we do go together, I'll take you to where the phone booth scene was shot. Where, where cool. Loomis where Loomis finds yeah. the the truck, it's literally a block away.
0: Wow, cool.
1: Um, Danny Donada.
0: Hey, what are you doing?
1: I go! Hey, hey uh, forget about it. Dope work on the ten thousand. It's only just begun. Stay savage it's and safe, just fellas.
0: Begun.
1: Stay savage. Wow. Lee Fusion Robinson said, I was pissed when I typed the comment you read out. Ha ha. I don't know what it what that was, but I'm sorry that you were pissed. Midwest Villain said, thanks for your effort in the Halloween video. It was great. You are welcome. Jessica J said, speaking of foreign films, have you guys ever seen a movie called The Wailing? It's a Korean horror film. I watched it recently. Really enjoyed it. Another great episode. You guys are awesome. I've seen The Wailing. I, yeah. I thought it was too long Mm -hmm. and i thought it got a little too goofy at times Mm -hmm. it got a little silly um
0: Mm -hmm. but it was it was good yeah it's good it's fine yeah are we gonna bring up uh are we gonna bring up the kiss um makeup uh idea submissions
1: go (laughs) ahead i you know i just we've had three entries I know it's it's getting it's 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 kind of I mean we like, can
0: cut this out I was just curious if it, you know I
1: mean, I, I, I'm almost giving up on it I mean yeah. we, we've pretty much pleaded come on yeah. and yeah. we're getting nothing
0: yeah. yeah well we can't just let it we got to address it at some point whether we're going to do something with it or not because we put it out there and people submitted and they're going to sit there and go well, what the fuck you know we could say we just didn't get enough submissions yeah to make it a thing. That's all it has to be.
1: Yeah. Well, you figure out how you want to say that.
0: (laughs) I say it just like that. (laughs) There it is.
1: And now you've heard it. Um, Logan DeMont said, Hey guys, would you ever consider doing a live commentary? You pick a movie at a specific time. We all push play. So we're pretty much watching it together. I'd love to hear your thoughts and any fun facts you may Know about the films we watch. Perhaps The Thing would be a good one to start with since winter's approaching. Great show. Thanks for the content. Well, it's not going to be The Things. We literally watched it last night. Yeah. And I just saw another screening of it and I'm kind of burnt out on The Thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But we'll figure, we could do something like that. That'd be fun. What's that? To do a live commentary to basically. we pop on a movie and film ourselves like this, watching it and just Mm -hmm. reacting to it. So everybody's Mm -hmm. watching at the same time. We have to tell them to start Mm -hmm. now, you
0: know, Mm. are people into that? People like that shit. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That sounds weird. Can I make fun of it the whole time? Yeah. Say whatever you want. All right. Now we're talking. All right. Devil times five.
1: Dude, did you watch the live table read of Dazed and Confused?
0: Fuck no. Why did you say it like that? Because I tried to watch the table read for Fast Times Ridgemont High, and I I got five minutes into it, and I went, this is wrong. And then the Dazed and Confused, was it the actors from Dazed and Confused, or did they get all new actors? Well,
1: it was almost everybody from Dazed. There was a couple that couldn't make it, and they had to replace. Um, But for the most part, it was like 90%. So – but it was uh it was weird there were some people that were totally into it and doing a mm-hmm. great job mm-hmm. dude the guy rory Cochran, who played slater mm-hmm. i don't know what's wrong with him what's going on with him really but it was embarrassing it was like really i mean like the other cast were like come on rory come on hey rory you know like mm-hmm. page 85 <laughs> and he's like
2: uh,
1: uh. I mean, like you know, famous lines like, be like, "Hey man, are you cool?" Uh, you know, uh, I mean, uh, he uh, was like, he was. He, I mean, it was like really sad.
0: Wow.
1: You now know? I now I
0: kind of want to watch it. You need to watch
1: just a little bit. The guys who were great, the guy who uh, Mike and Tony, those two characters, yeah. they were yeah. they were like into it. Like the guy who yeah. plays uh, Mike, um, I forgot his name. um, he was in the first season of Fargo. Uh, mm. Oh, God, it's driving me... Uh, he was the one The He's the one that... I want to dance, that guy. You know? Oh, yeah, right. Adam Goldberg. Adam Goldberg, yeah. He yeah. was awesome. Like, he, right. he, like, killed it. And same with Cole Hauser. Cole Hauser was... Mm. Cole Hauser was like dropping f-bombs in every line he said it was pretty oh crazy.
0: that's cool um right. well maybe i'll check it out sounds good you saw yeah, it b-
1: but then like matthew mcconaughey he seemed yeah. like he was so stoned that right. he was just like say man you're a freshman right <laughs> i mean he's like doing everything at like half right. speed it was like right um, i'll check it out i'll check it out it's all for you demon
0: Oh yeah.
1: Uh, I let you do it this time. Thank uh you. great job on achieving 10k subs on your Christmas movie chat. Holiday movies that aren't really holiday movies. I would vote for Lethal Weapon far superior to Die Hard. Wishing you both a happy Thanksgiving.
0: Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie. I haven't watched that in so long. Mm, it's so dated. Really? Oh my god, especially like The hardest part about watching that now... I still like Lethal Weapon. I did when it came out. But the hardest part you watch it now is the heavy-handedness now that you notice about the I'm getting too old for this shit. Yeah, That's really heavy-handed. And also how crazy bonkers Riggs is. Yeah. He's just crazy. Right. and He's suicidal and he's crazy. And it's crazy how crazy it is. Crazy <laughs> it's like how much going... time he spends on his hair. Yeah. You're just like, <laughs> Dude, take it easy. Like yeah. there's nothing really in the movie that comes across as him being this suicidal, crazy guy other than people saying it over and over again. That's the only indication that gives you that he's insane. <laughs> you know, but anyway, yeah, good my lethal
1: weapons, my mind,
0: my lethal, right.
1: weapon? my lethal weapon. Anyway, um, Midwest villain spent Halloween in Jersey at Camp Crystal Lake. And I was shocked at, at home. Wait, I was shot at home. I think he said, meant to say, I was shocked at how many kids still came out to trick or treat it was great. Cops closed down all the roads in downtown. Definitely nice to see some normal returning to the world. Well, that just changed, bro. This shit just, shit just got worse. Yep. Kevin Wrightson it's a nice start to a Monday morning and that. Thank you. Kevin, thank you very much. We got some Maleka High, Maleka Hiney Ho. Said, I only watched the movie once and then immediately got rid of the Blu ray. I thought that was Chris, whose head was carved into a jack o' lantern in 2018. And I just confirmed that.
0: What are we referring
1: to? I don't know. I, I don't know if he's saying Halloween, like he bought the Blu ray and then got rid of it. I don't know. I His stuff just progressively gets a yeah. little. A little you know if you guys want to refer to what we're talking about you feel free to go look at the comments and you can read it yourself but some of this I mean <laughs> hey I appreciate my friend that you're like the show and you comment but yes just, you know, pump the brakes yeah. a little brother pump yeah. the brakes it's all yeah. good you know this is just fun times let's let's, let's have fun El Vetter said hey there Sean and Christopher. Bert Vetter here from the Netherlands again. I just had to say, serious and calm-sounding Schwarzenegger impression was spot on, Christopher. Also, thank Sean, you, his Trump impression cracked me up. So hilarious. Very accurate. The most accurate Trump impression ever. I don't know about that, but thank you.
0: It's pretty good. You have a pretty damn good Trump impression. Thank
1: you. Uh, question, which movie as a kid scared and scarred you Mine was Return of the Living Dead. I was about eight years old when Tarman screamed brains. I've said this before. The one that absolutely terrified me was Trilogy of Terror. That one, <laughs> I've never been so scared in my life. Mm.
0: You? Um, Alien scared me. Yeah, that one got me too. The original Alien got me. Um, I've never been scarred by anything, I can't say. I mean, there was a Hammer movie that I really enjoyed. uh, uh Of Dracula, I believe it's called that was good, but uh, I I haven't been scarred by anything, nothing that I to this day go, Oh my god! But Alien and and when the chest, when the chest burster that freaked me out. And Night Living Dead, the original Night Living Dead freaked Mm -hmm. me out when I saw it. I was a kid, yeah.
1: Uh, Bobby Meek said, Seeing that old video, Christopher back in the day has answered a lot of questions.
0: Oh, really? Like what
1: question? He said, yes, He Man could pull off a double denim
0: jacket short combo. Powerful. Image. right. Great. Damn show, guys. right. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right. And I will kick your ass next time I see you, pal.
1: Bubba said, Sean, where can I get a Horizontal Grounds t shirt in XL? Horrorhound hasn't had anything bigger than a large for a couple of years. You know, I didn't know that. Um, I need to talk to them. I've kind of just let them sell those. I've never even taken money for them. Who sells uh, them? Horrorhound. Oh, okay, they produce them and sell them through their website, and they sell them mm. at their booth at conventions. I've never profited from it. I was just like, if people mm. want, I just want people to be able to have them. I just didn't care. Mm. Um, maybe I should start caring. And, and maybe, yeah, maybe I'll make those too. You know, we'll see. Barlow's Boutique just said, ha, 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 Chris's shorts. Um, <laughs> Gabriel. Oh, it's,
0: it's, I really appreciate our viewers taking me back to fucking sixth grade. Thank you yeah. very much, everybody. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I can't wait to see, why don't, you know what? Why don't you send in some pictures of your fucking high fashion right now? And we'll fucking pop them up on the screen and take a look at you. <laughs> see who's laughing.
1: Hey, I was the first kid in junior high to have parachute <laughs> pants, and they were bright red, and I got shit for that, and I thought I was so cool. Um, Gabriel R. Johnson, and you were. Congrats, Sean and Chris. You guys have made 2020 better because of all the shit that's going down. And coming to watch the thing with two heads is really a relieved specialty, getting away from politics. Cheers from San San Antonio, Texas.
0: Ah, well. Top of the morning to you.
1: Candice Janice, loving this episode. Christopher and Sean, what is your guys' biggest get-off-my-lawn moment? Also, my eight-year-old daughter wants to draw a new Kiss character. Can she send one in? I think she did send one in.
0: She did send one in. Uh, yeah. Yes.
1: Which we, we're starting to lose faith in this contest, people. And we're, we've gotten like three yeah. entries. It's like, If we don't get enough, we can't do it.
0: Yeah, we can't. Uh, 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 we got that entry; it's very cute, and we should pop it up right here. Boop, or not. But anyway, um, and uh, we got a couple other entries, which were all uh, very noble. But yeah, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't get the response we thought of that. We appreciate the ones we got, but if we, yeah, if we don't get, if we, if we don't get money more. There's really, it's, it's not. It's not really a, a competition or a contest or something. So. No offense to the people that sent some in. You got to get uh, off my lawn for today. I do. What is the deal with you people and your really loud motorcycles and your really loud cars with no mufflers or whatever the fuck you're doing to it that you have to deafen the entire population and stand out what is it is that you have to stand out is it that you people have to you're going look at me are you measuring the size of your penis by how loud your shit is are you what is it what is it that that someone explain it to me because i got news for you nobody likes it nobody (laughs) nobody not even the people that like loud motorcycles want to hear your loud motorcycle It's annoying as fuck and your car and your little leaf blowers that you ride around on, (laughs) knock it off. No one likes it, but you, no one thinks it's cool, but you, nobody.
1: When those cars drive by and they're with their stupid mufflers, that sounds so awesome.
0: Said nobody. Said nobody. Yeah. Yeah. Your motorcycle really loud scaring the Christ out of children and people everywhere and stuff. are you riding your dick and you're just going look at my dick like what is it (laughs) i don't understand it i don't get that machismo thing well anyway it's the same thing
1: i have a similar situation a neighbor two doors down has one of those what are those stupid little box cars they look like a fucking box on wheels you know what i'm talking about it's like a
0: like a Kia like a soul
1: yeah yeah. yeah and every right. time he comes in, burn, burn, his bass, like, I mean, literally the windows oh, that. are rattling. That too. And it's yeah. like, dude, that does not sound good. It doesn't no. sound good in the car. It, it doesn't no. sound good. You're just trying to like let everybody know you're coming and why no. it's the same thing with the mufflers. Why, yeah. what is the purpose? All you're doing is annoying the shit out of everybody. Yeah. Everybody yeah. hates you. Everybody, everybody, hates you. Hates you. everybody in my neighborhood, Hates you, Hates sir. You. Quit
0: doing... This, but no, that's a good point. The whole thing with the giant bass, the 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 the, the subwoofer yeah. things in people's cars that turn up so loud that it it's deafening everywhere. Again, I, I, here's what I want to know: take away the fact that it annoys me, take yeah. away the fact that it annoys everybody around you, and that it literally is noise pollution. But what is it? It's do you think it's cool is it like literally someone going this is the shit like this is cool I've, and everyone is noticing me and it's cool because nobody thinks that
1: <laughs> i've never been inside one of those cars when it's doing it but it can't sound good it can't it can't <laughs> it can't there's no way yeah I all mean, right so anyway Quit it. Here's go. here's my get off the <laughs> lawn. I, And this one might be unpopular for some, you know, certain people might, but I'm sorry. I effing hate paper straws. I'm, I'm so, I, I'm, and, and dude, and get this, it's gotten to another level. Like I went, uh, when I was in Santa Monica recently, um, for a signing and, and I was starving, I needed to eat something quick so I just wanted something. So I pulled in McDonald's just to get a drink and I wanted to get a little Sunday, you know, just something to tide me over till I got home. So I had to drive home. I get, dude, they hand me a paper straw, which is, this is the first McDonald's I've ever been given a paper straw. Cause the one by my house still uses plastic. Almost everyone I've been to uses plastic. I'm like paper straw, terrible. Then for the Sunday, a wooden spoon. I mean, it's literally a, it's like those crappy sticks that you use the old school Sundays and they taste like crap, like crap. It made the Sunday taste like crap.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm sorry. I know we have this, whatever, you know, I, I I'm sorry for the turtles that got fucking, straws stuck in their nose but i ain't throwing them in the ocean all right i'm not the guy throwing them in the ocean so (laughs) i I want my straws i i hate dude and how many trees are we killing because i keep having to ask for another straw because they disintegrate you know i i I hate it i'm sorry and I i mean this might be a gross fun fact but i pick my teeth with the straws I get stuff caught in my teeth, and I use the straw to after while I'm eating. It's just something I do. It's yeah, too much info properly. But now yeah. I need a goddamn toothpick.
0: So mm-hmm. anyway, which are made of wood that you got to cut down a tree. You're never gonna win, man. We're not gonna get into. we Well, this see. That's a thing because I... <laughs> I, I don't need the wood
1: if I got my plastic straw because I bend the end and I stick it in.
0: Right, that's what she said.
1: Oh, here we go. Um, Mark Williams said, "Hey, Sean and Chris, have either of you seen?" The NBC two-part made-for-TV movie, House of Frankenstein, from 1997.
2: Yeah.
1: At the time, a modern-day retelling of House of Frank set in Los Angeles, and the Master Vampire runs a nightclub. It's so nostalgic for me. I have recorded on multiple VHS tapes in the 90s and early 2000s, and have purchased a bootleg DVD... As it's never been officially released, I know it's not very good, but we all have those comfort movies we love to watch. I've never mm-hmm. heard of it.
0: I have heard of it, and I did see it. I I can't. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. I, I don't remember it very well. It goes up along the lines with like Kiss Meets the Phantom. It's a terrible movie, but I enjoy watching it. <laughs> Hungry wives. Hungry wives.
1: He said, I don't think you guys have ever talked politics, bashing a guy who says on record that he doesn't like POWs as more of a good versus evil thing than than political. The fact that he's being worshipped and held up as some sort of Christian ideal truly is idiocracy level madness. I hope you guys never feel like you have to censor yourself for such ironically sensitive people and continue to speak from the heart. That's why the real fans will always be right here. Again, that's another political statement. We probably should stray away from that, but I appreciate, thank you for the, the, your, your comment.
0: Um, yeah, you always have to. I mean, look, you can sit there and say, "We well, don't censor yourself. I censor myself by not giving you my opinion about all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> because you're not really listening anyway. Yeah. So, uh, you know, well, I'm okay. glad that everyone has something to say. And that's cool. That's why we're here. And everyone has a forum. We're just trying to keep it light and keep it cool, man. And, and, um, and you know, art is um, something, oddly enough, that... I find that everyone can talk about and disagree on, but still be on the same page that they all love art. I find that really funny. We can not like the same movie, but we love movies or we're still friends, you know, and, and I think we need to look at the world a little more in an artistic view. So let's do that.
1: Um, By the way, I don't know if you noticed my shirt. Sorority house massacre. Oh yeah. Good one. Crap movie. Um, I don't know if you saw the news, but it just kind of took me by surprise. I read the other day a big announcement that Norman Reedus, uh, his production company, is going to be taking Sorority House Masquerade" and turning it into a TV series uh, through Shout Factory. Wow. So, I took a picture of me wearing the shirt and texted it to Norman. He immediately nice. called me nice. <laughs> and we <laughs> talked about it. And, uh, oh, cool. I mean, I don't know if I can say what he said they're planning on doing with it, but it's not like they're not planning on making that, you know? Um, right. right it's yeah. going to be more by title only, but, um, right. it, it, it sounded fun. So,
0: mm. that's cool. Um, yeah. what is, uh, okay, let's close on this then if we're closing this up. What is the fucking name of the new Scream movie?
1: Scream, apparently.
0: Why? I keep re- seeing little little blurbs about new Scream film title revealed. The title is revealed, the the new title, and I'm looking for it, going, "Well, what is it?" And it just kept saying Scream, and I'm like, "Why won't anyone tell me what the name of this movie is?" It's like, "Who's on 1st Yeah, I'm like, "Going what?" But
1: yeah, what's a new Halloween. Scream movie? Scream. Yeah, what's it called? Yeah, but what's it called? Yeah,
0: but (laughs) um, guess they did. We did the same thing with Halloween, but
1: but it's weird because it's not. It's, I mean, they're not doing what you guys did. To my knowledge, it's still a continuation. It still stars Nev Campbell. So I, I don't, I don't. I mean, and they were promoting it as Scream Five. They had the Five Mm -hmm. in the logo. They and then they suddenly decide, hey, you know what? Let's let's not call it Scream Five. Let's call it Scream. Mm-hmm. I even heard that at one point they were going to call it Scream Kills.
0: No, really? Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is a terrible title. Anyway, <laughs> just saying. Um.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations, Scream, on finishing um, rapping, uh, shooting, and um, having a name mm-hmm. titled Scream. That's it. That's the, the interest I have. in
1: it. Yeah, I, I, I kind of hope they rethink that. I just... I don't think it's a good idea. It's out there now. It's out there. They put it out there. You can change it. You can change it. Um, So anyway, thanks guys for hanging with us. And I hope you enjoy this interview with Mr. Fred Decker, which is going to start in. No, not three, one, two, let me try that again. It's going to start in. Hello, sir. (laughs) You see us?
3: hey hey <laughs> have you guys uh, met that's um the amulet chamber what's that from the monster squad it's this obscure movie from the 80s <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, never heard of it yeah, oh, wow. never uh, heard of the that plot one. revolves around yeah. this amulet and that's the, the, the it's hidden in a chamber in a scary yeah. house
0: very cool very cool hello friend how are you nice to meet you sir what's your name sir Christopher. Hi, Christopher. Nice to meet you. Big fan. Christopher Nelson. uh, I'm a makeup effects guy. I'm a huge fan of yours. Thank you. Uh, Academy Award winning. He doesn't like to brag. I don't. I don't don't like to do that. But uh, Sean does it for me. Sean does it for me, which is great.
3: Well, I didn't know Uh, I would be in such esteemed uh, company. Nice to meet you. (laughs) And I'm here. <laughs> yeah. And also very esteemed.
0: <laughs> you I love your films and uh Thank you. uh and uh I, I just love I think the thing that I love the most about them is the amount of heart that is put into your films. I think there's not enough of that these days. There hasn't been enough of that in quite some time. Um I think you know when you're dealing with horror and, and the genre or any genre of of cinema, I found that th- there's so much maliciousness now and 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 not enough uh resolution if that makes any sense in a lot of films these days and and it's it's severely lacking and and that's but again, going back to something that I love about your writing and your films, there's so much heart and so much resolution and so much. Character and and um, so I'm a again, I'm a huge fan, so
3: I'm really touched by that. I appreciate it very much. Thank you.
2: Yeah,
1: you're welcome. So, what have you been up to? That's what we, we like to like to, especially in these weird times, like to find out what people have been doing with themselves during the this crazy pandemic.
3: Well, uh, it actually turned out to be fairly fortuitous for me because uh yeah everything sort of shuts down and we're we're quarantined at home and i think for a lot of people that can drive them stir crazy because they're so their life is all wrapped up in going out and being among people and and i love my friends and i love going out and all that but but there's something therapeutic about just for me it's been i I haven't gone batty uh more than i already am and i have started to sort of think well what do i want to do and what's next and um and so I wrote a script over this uh, over this pandemic, and um, uh, it's it's a little bit what Christopher said. I, I mean, I'm funneling personal stuff into it. Um, it's actually the first time where I've sort of led with my, uh, if not with my heart, with my sensibilities and my own experience. And I'm hoping that it's um, hoping that it's good. So that uh, and it came pretty quickly too, which was interesting.
1: Is it a genre thing, or
3: it is? Yes.
0: Oh, nice. These are usually a lot of times the best, the the best things, the things that come quickly. I, I found. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Things,
3: yeah. I agree because I, I have a really bad habit of of sort of over tinkering and overthinking things, and um, you get to the end of the uh, you get to the finish line, and you sort of look back at it, and it's just it's too it's too sculpted, it's too mannered. And, um, and the truth is that, I mean, put yourself in the audience's seat, you know, they want to be thrilled and dazzled and surprised. And those are very immediate emotions. So sometimes as a writer, your best uh, approach is to look at it the same way. And like, what's, what's kind of the first thing that comes to mind and what hits me deep and to not, uh, not inhibit yourself, not, not put any filters on. And not all of that will end up on the screen, but I think it's a great way to, um, to, to start, is just throw everything onto the canvas and see what you have.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I think that uh, it, it, it's funny. People often ask about just in my line of work and stuff and especially Halloween because that comes up a lot in on our show the, the Halloween franchise and stuff yeah he he and, did um, just so
1: you know he he did all the makeup effects for the latest Halloween films including the mask and as you okay, know,
0: yeah, behind okay. him.
2: yeah great
0: but but people are always asking you know did you feel pressure did you feel how did you approach it da, 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 you know such a iconic legacy blah 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 all mm-hmm. that kind of horseshit. but uh <laughs> and I always, and, and and it's always when I'm having meetings about a project or possible project or some, especially that one is, I always approach it like a fan. I always approach it as if I'm a fan going to see the movie. And what do I want to see? What's going to satisfy me? What's going to make me feel something? What's going to give me some emotion? What's going to lend itself to the context of the story that someone's telling, you know, all that stuff. And I think you have to approach it like that. What do you yep. want to see? You know, it's got to be very personal, I'm sure.
3: Well, and, and as you can tell from the films that I have made, I mean, all of them are, are very much kind of uh, tipping their hat to the stuff that I grew up with. Mm. And, uh, it's, it's in, in, you know, because there's been this sort of long lag time in my work and, and, and the thing that I just wrote, I'm, I'm going to direct, and it'll be the first thing I've directed in quite some time. You know, I've grown up during that period. I mean, I started, I I got lucky pretty young, you know, I made Night of the Creeps when I was, you know, 26, 27 years old. So, uh, so in the interim, I could look at my career and say, Oh, you know, I'm really sad that all those years are gone. Think of all the movies I could have made. But what I've really learned is that, is that time is your friend, if you um, are serious about what you do, if you're thoughtful about what you do, And if you want to get better, there's a lot of people that think they're, uh, you know, they're the bee's knees from, from jump street. And I'm, I'm always in awe of my heroes. I look at the films that I love and the directors that have influenced me and I go, God, if only I could get there. And that, that ruminating, I think really, really helps. And so now I'm finally in a place where, okay, what's, what's a movie that I could make that nobody else, but me would make. And the more quirky and individual, and odd that it is, probably the better it is because it's unlike anybody else's movie. Don't you think a lot of movies now are are, are really kind of boilerplate? I mean, some, oh of, the, some yeah, of the stuff man. in them can be nuanced and interesting, but by and large, it's sort of like I, I get the sense the business doesn't want to put money into anything that isn't a, a sure bet. And to me, that's just so boring. I just read today, they're doing a new Predator. And I'm like, mm. Uh, just let, let it die <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you love the, 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 the McTiernan movie and it's a terrific movie and if you like some of the sequels that's great you have them on yeah. uh, you can stream them or you have them yeah. on uh, 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 Blu-ray or whatever but you know do we need another one I didn't think we need, yeah. needed the one we made right anyway, I had <laughs> a great time making it and I enjoyed the experience and you know right. there's a lot of stuff in that movie I'm proud of but does the world need another one I don't think so. Right.
0: Well, that's well. It's that. Sorry, Shanga. Oh, go ahead. It's that. It's that walking. I don't understand it a lot. It's you know having been in this business a long time as well. It's it's. I'm always fascinated by the line of art and commerce. You know, making something great and cool, but. There's the money aspect of it, and of course, everyone wants to make money, and it's all about franchises and established properties, and you know, it's that's what it has been for a long time. But also, too, I never understand. I guess I understand it. I just don't agree with it. Is that going back on you saying you haven't directed? This is the first film you're going to be directing in a long time who said, I don't understand where it came that you have to be putting out a movie every year, two years, pounding people with constantly. Is that, do you find that that is a people just struggling to be relevant, trying to stay relevant? Is it a greed thing? Is it a money thing? Does that make sense? to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I
3: think there's, I mean, I was, I was raised by two artists. My parents were both artists. So I spent my you know, young childhood going to really boring art museums and sitting on, there's benches in art museums, these, these you know, upholstered benches where you sit and, and very seriously look at the work. But to me, that was my upbringing. So it didn't, so, so art to me was just kind of in my blood. I mean, almost literally, because my parents both you know, they met in art school. So there's the art of it. And then there's the, uh, the commerce of it. And they're two very different things. I mean, you can't quantify inspiration. You can't quantify art. It just, it's just sort of this amorphous thing that either moves people or doesn't. But the idea of marketing something and the problem with, with the business we're in now is that the, the stakes are so high and now, thankfully, thanks to streaming and, and Netflix and HBO Max and uh, Amazon Prime and all this stuff, there are so many opportunities now and there's some really interesting stuff out there now that there wouldn't be if we were still in the, uh, you know, in, in, in the same machine of a couple of years ago, the way the business works. Um, but but uh, again, as far as, you know, do I feel bad that I didn't do more work? Absolutely. You know, the phone was not ringing off the hook. The things that I was developing didn't quite work out. Um, I would have liked to have made films, but there's this... The the problem with the commerce is there's this kind of bullshit Hollywood um, pecking order, this sort of, you know, who's relevant now? And I think you're only as relevant as your work is good. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a huge fan of Paul Thomas Anderson, and he doesn't make a movie every year. It's, you know, we we wait a couple of years, and, and everyone is worth the wait. Quentin, the same thing. Everyone is worth the wait, whether you like them or not. These are serious, great filmmakers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I guess if I had to f- fall into the category of somebody who just churned out a bunch of pictures, and some of them were good and some of them were bad, probably I'd have a happier life because I'd be working all the time. But I think, again, ruminating and creating something that's special is 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 important to me as a, as a f- fan, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And you mentioned your heroes. Who, who are some of your heroes as far
3: as filmmakers? Well... Actually, I'll show you one. Can you hold on a sec? Sure, yeah. I don't know if you can see the the signature, <laughs> but he yeah. signed. Uh, oh yeah. Mr. Spielberg signed this for me in about nineteen seventy eight, I think. Damn. When I met him at USC, and uh, he was really the one that that changed everything for me because I grew up with the the Universal monsters, obviously, and you know anything genre. Pretty much, I watched, uh, if not in movie theaters, on television at three o'clock in the morning before there was some streaming and even even video. I'd, I'd look in the TV guide, and you know, three o'clock in the morning would be Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. So, I loved movies, and not just genre, but I mean, you know, a lot of the classics. And my dad was a big movie buff too, and he turned me on to Michael Powell and Pressburger, and and you know, Casablanca and The Wizard of Oz and It's a Wonderful Life, and all the kind of classics that, that we all revere, um, But, it, it, and I was making my little eight millimeter films. Um, but it wasn't until Jaws that I actually could sense the director sort of sh- showing me the way. It was the first time I sensed the puppeteer. And I thought, wow, there's somebody, there's somebody actually doing this. It isn't, it didn't just happen. And, you know, which is in retrospect, kind of a dumb thing for me to think but, but when a movie has life to it, you just you rent you surrender yourself to it. But that particular movie, I surrendered to it, but I felt like I was in really good hands. I could, I could feel I could see his fingerprints on it. And that mm-hmm. was the first time that I felt that with a director. And right after that, I discovered Kubrick. And I mm-hmm. discovered Mike Nichols. And these guys are heroes to me to this day. And so My whole movie going life, it's been by and large, the directors whose work it has fingerprints on it, Martin Scorsese and uh, uh, Michael Mann and the Coen brothers, you know, you can tell if you if you line up a Coen brothers movie and a Michael Mann movie and a Kubrick movie and a Spielberg movie. You can tell in 30 seconds who it is. Mm -hmm. And I really, I find that very exciting because it goes back to what I talked about with about about artists you know, a Monet and a, a Salvador Dali. Those are two completely different artists. And you look at the work and whether you like it or not, they have a signature to them. And, mm-hmm. and I, I get very excited about that.
1: Yeah, we went to a Coen Brothers movie last night. We, uh, we did. <laughs> Chris and oh. I went to a double feature at a drive-in of John Carpenter's The Thing and Fargo.
3: Oh, wow. It,
1: it was a snow theme. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a really interesting double bill yeah yeah I actually saw this is this is total sideline, but uh the arrow had the last existing seventy millimeter print of the thing mm. and it's the it's the color is fading on it, so it was really pink, mm. but it's the last one in the world and so I dragged uh-huh. my son and said we have you have to see this movie he'd never seen him <laughs> seen it before, so that was exciting.
1: I saw yes. that same print at the egyptian mm-hmm. uh the cinematech had a had a a screening of that, it's something, this guy, that must have been eight years ago. I mean, it was a long time ago, but I saw that 70 millimeter print. There's yeah. a beautiful 70 millimeter print of Tron that they show at the uh, El Capitan once in a while. Oh, cool. If you ever get the chance, that's that's really, uh, that's a pristine print too. Awesome, awesome. So we have fan questions. Fire away. Brandon Borland wanted to know how you ended up getting involved with Tales from the Crypt. He said he loved Loved your, your episodes.
3: Um, hello, Brandon. Um, that was kind of fortuitous. Um, it's it's kind of, for those who care, legend now that my first two movies did not do very well theatrically and only really found their audiences um, years later on video and, and streaming and, and late night TV and stuff like that. But uh, So I was actually really depressed. Monster Squad had bombed and I was looking for for work. But as it turned out, um, a wonderful actress named Mary Ellen Trainer, who plays the mom in the monster squad and the Goonies. So if you have those people who are like Goonies versus monster squad, Mary Ellen is the mom in both of them. So you can't you, you can't go wrong if you're a Mary Ellen fan. Anyway, she's not with us anymore, which is very sad. Yeah. But she was married to Robert Zemeckis, another hero of mine, who I should have put on that list before. So I met Bob. Uh, during the release of Monster Squad, just from premieres and this and that. And I was an enormous fan of his. And I'd also uh, run into Joel Silver, the producer, because he had done a couple of movies with my friend Shane Black. He produced Lethal Weapon and um, uh, The Last Boy Scout. So I knew Joel and I knew Bob and they had gotten together with Walter Hill and Dick Donner and David Geiler to do Tales from the Crypt for HBO. And for some reason, they thought of me first. So, And all through the house, the episode that Bob directed was actually the first episode that we filmed of that series. And God bless them, they asked me to write it. So uh, I got to sit with Bob Zemeckis for you know, a week or two to, to crack that script and make sure that it was different from the Amicus movie and that it was um, you know, suspenseful and all that stuff. And it was a really wonderful, wonderful time. And it turned out well. And so I was kind of, you know, there from the get go and they would come to me with mostly directors. Kevin Yeager wanted me to write his, Joel directed one that he wanted me to write. So it was really people coming to me and going, will you write it? Um, Steven Spielberg wanted to do one and that became the Howard Deutsch, Leah Thompson episode which I started writing for Steven. And then um, he got busy with, I don't know why because uh, he's not busy at all. And uh, Howard Deutsch ended up doing it. So. So that was it. It was really these wonderful heroes of mine asking me to be a part of this club. So it was great.
0: I worked with Howard Deutsch on uh, American Horror Story. Oh, okay. Uh, And and I was a huge, because I'm a huge John Hughes fan and Mm -hmm. he directed, you know, some kind of wonderful, um, you know, all that stuff. But I'm a a Howard's, what a wonderful guy. What a lovely guy. I really enjoyed working with him. It was great. Yeah.
1: I'm I'm a big fan of his work, and I didn't know him. I'd never seen what he looked like. And I was in uh, Tokyo with some of the Walking Dead cast uh, two years ago. And uh, they were doing a little, it was this little meet and greet kind of convention over there. And it was half Walking Dead, half Back to the Future. Wow. And Leah Thompson was there and her husband and we're out at dinner one night and somebody casually brings up oh yeah he directed you know you, you directed pretty in pink and i'm like what wait <laughs> wait, wait, wait who are you oh, i freaked out i was so stoked and then i ended up talking his ear off the rest of the weekend great guy yeah he's mm-hmm.
3: wonderful
1: daniel garrett uh since you mentioned the failure of monster squad he he wanted to know why do you think monster squad was a failure to the critics when it was released and why do you think the word of mouth made it the gem in that it is in pop culture today?
3: Boy, that's an interesting, I mean, the, 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 the wise ass answer is it was ahead of its time, mm-hmm. but the reason that that doesn't hold up to any scrutiny is that it basically is a movie from 1943. I mean, it's the little rascals meets the universal monsters. So it's actually based on, and has the, the, the tone in the, and the, the kind of DNA of movies that were that were way before before then, so I think in, in a weird sort of way it was caught in that in that nexus between being ahead of its time and behind its time. And the other thing, and I've mentioned this a couple of times because I find it interesting personally, it was rated PG-13 because there's some some stuff in that that's a little you know a little uh, too much for for little kids. And what happened was adult uh, parents didn't want to bring their kids to the movie because they thought it would be too scary. So little kids couldn't see it. And older kids thought it was a kid's movie. So everybody stayed away in droves. And what's interesting for me, ironic is that now PG 13 is the sweet spot. And they try to be edgy enough for the older kids, the adults, but have enough that the little kids can enjoy it. So again, I think we were just kind of I think we were just kind of ahead of our time in a way, but, but I also think that critics tend to be, I don't know, they, 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 they tend to look at things in a jaundiced way. And the movie is so as Christopher mentioned, the movie is so wearing its heart on its sleeve, that it's really easy to sort of look down your nose at it and think that it's, it's silly or mawkish or, or cheesy. Um, so I don't know. There's a lot of reasons that it failed, but thankfully the audience found it.
1: Now I know you mentioned I, in the documentary that Lost Boys was also another reason. Uh, but did it come out the same weekend, or was it how close were those releases to each other? It
0: was two weeks, wasn't it? Something like that.
3: I was not paying attention. Huh. I was in my own little world. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, think- um, Adam, um, my friend Adam, who was in the movie, uh, mentioned that in the, in the doc that uh, it came out around the same time
0: yeah it was two weeks i think lost boys came out two weeks after monster squad or or, or the week after or something and
3: but you guys make know the answer to this wasn't lost boys rated r yeah
0: yeah it was. was it yeah was it oh, okay yeah, so my... that's exactly well, my yeah. point
3: that the, the, the yeah. kids get to go see it because it's rated r yeah
0: yeah Well, so what's ironic about the whole thing, going back to what you were saying about the film being ahead of its time, and I I 100% agree with that, because if you look at, obviously times have changed. At that time, I think, don't you think it was they they were trying to put films into categories even more than they do now. Like it's either this or it's that. It can't be both. It can't be this hybrid of of things and people just didn't accept that back then. Now, if you look at the influences that Monster Squad had on recent films and, and series, like good good example, you watch Stranger Things, you're going, holy shit, that's Monster Squad. You look at It, you know, the, the recent It is like, holy shit, they, you know, so much for monster squad and these are films and series and it's happening quite a bit now where there there's that crossover between young and older kids. And, and I think it's a little more acceptable now. It's a little more, uh, uh, does that make sense? You know, what I'm yeah, saying I, I
3: think the other thing that's happening there, uh, Christopher, is that, is that the filmmakers who are working now grew up on some of these movies. So for them, it isn't strange to do this mixing and blending of jet of genres. Um, Mm You know, we were talking about John Hughes before. I mean, John Hughes was a huge impact on night of the creeps. You just and and John Landis Animal House. I mean, without those two filmmakers, I don't know that I would ever have written that movie the way it was the -hmm. the romance and the college humor and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think now that Filmmakers who are working today have seen those kinds of films that blend genres. Um, it's easier for them to, to pitch them and saying, you know, this is what this is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I also think that at the time of monster squad, it was a much, it was a much more innocent time to where, you know, ki- I don't think parents are protecting their kids from media like they were in the eighties, you know, I mean, the, right. they're seeing it. You could turn on the television and see something far worse than Monster
0: Squad, oh, as far as yeah. violence or language or sex. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it's a different yeah. world. Well, I, 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 am not going to take away from the questions because I'm sure someone's going to bring up a Night of the Creeps question. But there's Night of the Creeps, I, Creeps questions. Night of the Creeps is like, <laughs> I, I, of anything you've done, I've got to say, Night of the Creeps is is my, is my thing. It's it's my jam. That that movie particularly the fifties part of it. I wanted what? to see the whole movie take part, take place in the fifties. I want to see that movie. Like the fifties sections of, of, of that movie, especially or, to me are so gold. And I'm, and, and, and I find that, that your sense of humor and style of filmmaking and the heart lend itself to a fifties vibe for whatever reason, I don't know why, I don't know if you have an answer for that, but, I, I've, I I don't think the 50s time period has been utilized well enough in modern horror making. Mm, interesting. Makes sense. You know, interesting. I just want to see that. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead,
3: Sean. Well, well one reason, uh, by the way, that, that the, the 50s sequence works as well as it does is that, you know, I was 26. I'd, I'd done some acting. I'd uh, taken some workshops. But, you know, the whole idea of working with great actors is something that I haven't had as much of an opportunity to do as I, wish I had, um, and I love all the actors that i work worked with, but to really get in there, and the, the beauty of doing a, a pastiche of, of 1950s science fiction movie is that if the acting isn't up to snuff, that's okay because that's what those movies are like, so it kind of kept, it, it took me off the hook, I didn't have to worry about whether the acting was good in those scenes. Right, hence the I <laughs> vote funny. for
1: that one. I vote for that
3: one. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Ken, wherever yeah. you are.
1: even ken thinks he said it kind of
3: yeah (laughs) you know we had fun that last time we were we were hanging out
1: this is also from daniel garrett uh kind of expanding on his last question he wanted to know if there ever was a chance for a monster squad sequel um and also you know is there a chance um is there any other monsters you'd like to see uh be included that weren't the first time around
3: I think, I mean, I, you know, I threw the creature in there, who's one of my favorite all time uh, monsters, movie monsters. And, and the truth is, if we had done a sequel, the answer is no, there was no, nobody had any interest in doing a sequel to that movie because the movie didn't do, make, do any business. Hmm. But if we had, if it had been sort of a freak success and we had a gun to our, gun to our head to come up with a new one, I would be a little bit uh at, at at odds about what to do with it and and the only idea i ever came up with at the time i have a new one now i mean th- there is a world where monster squad is still alive shane black and i are going to uh, in about a year plus will will co-own the the rights to it so you know it's 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 something that i've been thinking about but it's got to be done right or not do it or a but series.
1: That'd be a great series.
3: Well, I'm thinking about it as a series. But, yeah. but as a sequel, if we were going to do a, a one-off sequel back in the day, I, the only thing I could think to do is to skip ahead to the atomic monsters of the 50s. Because we've mm. done all the 40s monsters. There's nobody left, really. The Invisible Man, but he's not really a monster. Um, mm. And so my thought is, you know, I love Tarantula. And I love them, although it's a Warner Brothers movie. Uh, you know, the giant insects and the melting face uh, from Tarantula and um, the the Metaluna Mutant. I mean, even Universal had some really cool monsters in the 50s that they didn't have in the 40s. And, and that might be the route to go.
0: I love, I love that idea and I love that time period. It reminds me of the Tim Burton movie, Ed Wood, where he goes... Bride of the Atom, and the, and the producer, <laughs> and the producer goes, huh? Atomic stuff, huh? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, well, I mean, I, I mean,
3: that was also when um, the UFO phenomenon was happening, and mm. so there were these, you know, there were the monogram uh, uh, <coughs> pictures, that the, the real low budget movies about aliens from space. But you also had the Day the Earth Stood Still because mm-hmm. that was based on the same notion of what's out there and how can we tell a story about a, a flying saucer that lands that can actually impact the world we're in, because that was also when the cold war was starting. And, and, mm-hmm. and so you had everything from the poverty row pictures to, to Robert Wise. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. The fifties was very fertile for, for fear because we were, yeah. s- people were scared.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Jen Rodman Brown kind of, we kind of just touched on, on this question when she said, have you ever thought about turning some of your films into TV series, monster squad or night of the creeps, not on regular TV, but maybe a streaming service such as Netflix or shutter. So obviously you said you have thought about it in regards to the monster squad. I have.
3: And and I'm not talking out of school. When I say that there is a a friend of mine who is uh, who works at at Netflix, who's pretty high up and he's, and he's constantly saying, Oh, can we please do it? can, we please do it. But uh, now is not necessarily the time I kind of, it was funny, uh, Paramount called this um, right after Stranger Things. And Shane Black and I had a meeting with them, and they, they wanted to talk about Monster Squad. And I said, and, and this is, um, I, I really like Stranger Things. I'm not saying anything against it. But, but what I said in the meeting was, said, let me guess, you guys want us to do a ripoff of the ripoff of us. There's <laughs> <laughs> another way of saying, I think now is the wrong time, because it's just going to be on the coattails of something else that's similar. Uh, uh-huh. And the, to be honest, the idea that I've had for it, uh, I, I obviously won't go into detail, but it's much more sort of Godfather 2 than, than Fright Night Part 2 or Return of the Living Dead. It's, it's really, it's, it's, it, I want to find out where the amulet came from. I want to know uh-huh. what's the story about that. And I want to follow the, the squad as they are today. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. prequel and sequel at the same time.
0: Which is something that kind of Marvel has has established, and a lot of other genres are following suit is creating a universe. It's for like whatever the lack of better term is. Yeah, creating that universe. What is the origin of this? What is the origin of these people? Where are they at now? How? What are the world? You know, right. that's that's what everyone's doing. I mean, Halloween's doing it right now. The, the Halloween universe is yeah. the whole, you know, a, a bigger, longer overall story. Yeah. That's bigger.
3: Yeah. Other stories that you can tell within that universe.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Scott Hogan says, can uh, we can ask whenever this COVID crap is over, can we please have a full monster squad reunion at a convention? Uh, well, I mean, hopefully we'll get back to doing conventions. Um, we've, we've had pretty close to a, a full monster squad reunion. Haven't we?
3: We've Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, maybe
1: he be- wasn't doing conventions yet.
3: But thanks to you, Sean. I mean you've got us all together and um it's a it's a wonderful community. There's a couple of standouts. Um we talked about Robbie Kiger off mm-hmm. uh off the line. You and I talked about him. He doesn't show up very often, but uh but everybody else, yeah, it's 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 been wonderful to, to spend time with these folks and see him again. And I'm I'm buddies with you know a couple of Andre Gower and Ryan Lambert and yeah. Ashley. I mean, we're still mm-hmm. we still keep in touch.
2: Our,
1: the one kid who played the bully uh, in in uh, Monster Squad? What whatever happened to him? He was also the kind of the mean kid in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I can't remember his name.
3: Oh, and he
0: was in uh, the Wonder Years. Yeah. yeah, he was on Wonder Years. Yeah,
3: he went on to um, uh, he he was in the WWE uh, universe. He was um, really he was like a promoter or a producer. I think he was talking about making movies for WWE and. Uh, um, yeah. I, t- I, I ran into him a couple of times over the years. Um, he's, he's an entrepreneur.
1: So, hmm. No, anybody ever reach out to him in regards to anything? I,
3: I don't think so.
1: Hmm. Yeah. As yeah. I know he, he wasn't in the documentary or anything.
3: Yeah. He's out there somewhere. He may think he's got bigger fish to fry, which he may very well have.
1: <laughs> uh, David Imgren wants to know, is there any truth? So there being a possible sequel tonight of the creeps he said he's asked jason lively but jason won't tell him which i find well, here's, hard to believe
3: <laughs> well, here's what happened. you were probably with him uh uh john is that tom atkins tom atkins and, and i'm I, I've, I've remained very close with tom uh happy birthday tom. He just turned 85 one of my favorite experiences with an ass Se-
1: 75 wasn't it was it 85 85 oh Yikes! Yeah. Okay.
3: So, God bless him, man. He's still, you know, swigging martinis and going to Steelers games. Um, no. Although I don't know about going to Steelers games. But but Tom did an interview and he talked about how he and I have just, you know, over drinks at night talked about what it would be. And he was doing an interview for the last picture he did, which was
1: the encounter. That
3: yes. It? Yes, he was doing an interview with, with, when he was selling Encounter, and uh, mentioned that he and I were talking about a sequel. And of course, the you know what the internet is like now. If somebody, if if you, as a joke, say I think I want to do that thing, then everybody jumps on it. So for about a week, everybody thought there was going to be a sequel to Night of the Creed. I wouldn't know what to do with it really. When I, I, I get would. Final Cut, <laughs> I would. Can, you know, if somebody gets fifty million <laughs> in Final Cut, then oh, well, Christopher, <laughs> you it's uh, balls in your court.
0: Oh no, I'm not doing, I'm not putting that out on the internet right now. <laughs> the, only, the
3: only thing I would say is that if I did it, it would Tom would have to be in it. Even though, yeah. Yeah. even though he doesn't really survive either cut of the movie. So I'd have yeah. to figure out a
0: way. Right.
1: Yeah, true. Um, let's see here. Uh, Chris Prater wanted to know, uh, I actually meant to ask him this years ago when I met him. Do you think Sam Raimi borrowed ideas from the film House that you wrote and then worked those ideas into Evil Dead 2? I don't know exactly which ideas he's referring to. But. I
3: don't either. Uh, yeah, I don't either. I don't know. I mean, I'm a little biased here because um, because Sam and I had offices next to each other for a, a while b- back, when I did actually the first Tales from the Crypt, Shane Black and I were writing something for uh, John Carpenter and Walter Hill. that John was going to direct, and Walter was producing. So we had a we had a, a bungalow at Universal, and next to us was Sam and Rob Tappert, and they were doing uh, Darkman. So I know Sam; I haven't seen him in years, but I, I, I love him to death, and he's a wonderful guy. And I saw I was at the premiere, I think, of Evil Dead Two, and House is a movie that. I mean, I have a story credit on it. It's not something that I was that involved with. So, um, and, and to be honest, I don't know the movie at all that well. So, uh, I don't really, I can't really speak to that.
1: Didn't, is, maybe I'm mixing this up the other way around, because I know you had told me Steve Miner directed some second union, unit on Night of the Creeps, correct? He, did, he was the
3: second unit director, yeah.
1: Didn't oh. you, did you direct some second unit on House? Or is that... Yeah. Um, okay, I'm mixing the two up then. Okay, yeah. do you recall what it was that he he shot on Night of the Creeps? Yes, you
3: know that the montage with the Barry on music, with uh, all the people getting ready for the for the formal, the girls mm. getting into the formal, and the frat boys throwing beer at each other, uh, mm. and then it intercuts the Creeps slithering around. Um, all that was Steve.
1: Mm. Mm. And how how did you meet Steve? How, how did you guys become
3: friends? Um, this is actually an interesting story. This is the beginning of my career. The first job I got, I, I wrote a screenplay. It was a, a science fiction script, um, um, called the forever factor. It was a time travel movie. And, uh, I called a, and I needed an agent. I called up my buddy, Ed Solomon, who, you know, is the writer of, uh, the Bill and Ted movies and directed levity. And, uh, the, now you see me movies, big screenwriter director. And he, um, had met an agent who he thought I would like. I met the agent and um, he's, he's handled me till that he's represented me till this day. I spoke with him on the phone this morning. And uh, the first job I got was Steve Miner wanted to do Godzilla. And this was before this last round of Godzilla movies. This was before the Roland Emmerich movie. There was no American Godzilla movie. There were only the Toho films. And Steve went to Toho and said, I want to do an American Godzilla movie. And he could have hired Carl Gottlieb or Richard Matheson or whoever. And he hired me. And that was my first job was a, a screenplay for a movie that was going to be called Godzilla King of the Monsters in 3D. Mm. And uh, so Steve was kind of, kind of my mentor. He, he ushered me into the writer's guild and he supported my directing, um, my directing career. And he was the best. Mm.
1: But did you get, credit for that Godzilla 85? Did you get some writing yeah. credit on that?
3: No, that was actually a Japanese film that they repurposed, I believe. Oh, okay. But it was around the same time.
1: Okay. Alrighty. Uh, Sean Moriarty wants to know, do you keep in touch with Robbie Keiger and Michael Faustino? They seem to be missing from a lot of the Monster Squad reunions and documentaries and whatnot.
3: Yeah, I haven't seen Robbie since uh, we finished the movie and uh, I am Facebook friends with Michael who uh, is a um, sound um, technician and engineer and uh, he works on a lot of uh, big TV shows.
2: I
1: am in touch with Robbie uh, because he's involved in that big private signing. There's a big Monster Squad private signing that's going to be happening like in the next month. Um, I think it's... uh, What's the name of the... C is it cpa i can't remember the name of the company oh yeah
3: i know what you're talking about
1: um shoot oh well i'll try to drop in the the link on here so if people want to order stuff they can um but anyway yeah he's uh he's an interesting cat i i i brought him to one convention and uh uh actually He,
3: he ran amok I mean, he was a prankster even in the day. You know, there's there's actors who are very, you know, they, they're on their mark and they're and they're completely in the moment and they're really trying to sell it. And he was he was doing a little, uh, you know, having having a little fun and stuff. And I think in a weird way it actually helped because these were real kids playing kids. And so I did. I could have been much. I could have been much more of a of a of a you know whipmaster on him, but I, but I decided, you know, as long as you're, as long as you're in focus and you're, you know, in character, it's okay if you mess around, we can cut around it.
1: Frankie Pozo says any cool stories working with the crazy greats, Frank Miller, Phil Tippett, or Rob Bottin on Robocop three.
3: I've worked with some of the, I mean, when I really look at it from, you know, when you talk about Rob Bottin and Phil Tippett and Stan Winston and, I mean, I've worked with some of the greats of all time, um, but I have to say, and this is nothing against all the great talents that I've worked with. Rob is the—I would say—Rob is maybe the only genius I ever worked with, and by that I mean his. And you—I don't know how much you know about Rob Christopher or where he
0: is, <laughs> but his, i know—I know a lot about Rob and anybody that does what I do has their people that they look up to and they're, you know, it's either this or that, or these guys or whatever. I would say Rob is, 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 has always been my guy. Like I love Rob Botine's work.
3: Well, and I think it goes back to what I was talking about, about directors and what I, what I value as a, as a, as a film goer, as a fan. And, you know, I don't think there's a better makeup artist who ever lived than Rick Baker. Mm -hmm. But what Rob had was this, I hesitate to say insanity, but it's the kind of thing where you, uh, hear a, a story from Robocop three was, we had a thing where um, the, the, the ninja, uh, who turns out to be a robot, um, faces off with Robo. And I said, I want, Ro- I want Robo to just actually raise his gun arm and just sh- shoot him with full automatic ammo in, in, in his face what would happen? And I said to Rob, we hadn't designed it yet. We were still in pre-production. I said, what's going to happen to his face? And and this was pre-T2. So this was all practical. There was no CGI. But I thought, is there a way where, you know, you see the bullets go in and then they sort of pop out? I sort of had a notion of that, which we probably couldn't have done. And Rob thinks about it for a second. And he goes, he goes, what if it cracks like a China doll? And I went, that's, that's genius i mean who would think of that and when you think of you know total recall and obviously the thing and the stuff that he did that was just sort of thinking on another plane of reality and then actually being able to to marshal the talent to sit and build it and make it real that was he, he he just knocked me out and he and he's such a was such a great goofy guy he was just there was no hubris or ego um Phil, the same thing. I mean, Phil Tippett is a visionary. Um, He was great. And, you know, Frank, there's arguments that maybe Frank's gone off the rails a little bit politically and stuff like that. But I was, he was such an influence on me with his early comics work and uh, uh, The Dark Knight And, and Batman Year One is the only comic book I ever read that actually made me cry. So working with Frank Miller was just a dream. And also, I don't want credit for this, but as a fan of his work, I was the one that went to Orion, you know, he wrote a whole script. He wrote a whole bunch of stuff in RoboCop 2 that they threw out. He wrote a whole script for RoboCop 3 that they wanted to throw out. And I said, this is Frank Miller, guys. Keep some of this stuff because it's really good stuff. And what's interesting, you know, whether, you know, whether you're on the left, on the right or the left or whatever, but the whole idea of homeless, of these homeless encampments, that we put in that movie is happening right now, a half mile from my house. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously they're not, uh, they're not forming their own kind of, you know, army to battle big business, but there's a lot of stuff in that movie that turns out to have been kind of, you know, forward, forward thinking. And and I'm going to give all that to
0: Frank. Yeah. I worked with Frank on Sin City. Um, uh, and that was quite a treat. Yeah, that was I was just like it's Frank fucking Miller. I
1: mean, the first I'm one. Gonna, yeah. yeah, the first one. Yeah. yeah. Actually, you answered this question already. Damien Leone, who's uh, he's the director creator of the Terrifier series. I don't know if you're familiar with Terrifier, yeah. Art the Clown, pretty popular. Uh, they just finished the second one; it hasn't come out yet. Anyway, he wanted to ask you about uh, how you got involved with his favorite Tales from the Crypt episode ever, all through the house, but you already told that story. But yep. just want to give a shout out. Damon Leone loves that, loves that episode. Thank you, um, Damon. <laughs> Charles Maylac. I hope I'm pronouncing that. M-A-E-S-S-C-H-A-L-C-K. May <laughs> okay. Charles Maylach said what did he make of the final cut of the Predator? And how radically different was it from what was originally shot? And will Shane Black ever do a director's cut?
3: Um, I've had that question a lot. The problem with a director's cut is that the third act as it stands, it was very effects heavy. And the third act that we threw out kind of towards the end of production and to, to, to turn it into what it ended up being, that third act also was extremely effects heavy involving creatures that are not in the movie currently, but that were all CG and that would have involved a lot of money. So it's kind of, it's a, it's a multi-million dollar uh, uh, proposal to try and turn it back into what it was. And we also didn't end up shooting, we ended up not shooting all of the live action that would intercut with the new effects. So there really isn't a director's cut of uh, what we imagined originally
1: what did you think of the final version of the film and how radically different was it
3: uh it was radically it was radically different um but i don't think necessarily better uh i think um at some point either uh, the 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 studio just looked at the movie and said we're not sure what this is and if it's delivering for what we think the audience wants um which is always um always a bad sign because you know, you have to bet on your filmmaker and, and my job as Shane's friend and as his co-writer was to back his play. Mm-hmm. It had it been, had I been making that movie, I think it would probably be a different movie, but I'm, I'm, I, I, I like a lot of the first half of the movie. I'm really proud of a lot of the first half of the movie. And then the second half, there's some really cool stuff too, but I think it lost its way a little bit. And, uh, I think that was because the, uh, the studio decided, well, we don't know about this. And, uh, you know, operating in panic never works. works. I
1: personally really enjoyed the film. I liked it quite a bit. Um, I was surprised because I know you and I had talked during the making of, and I was going into it with like, Oh, they're, they're messing with this movie, you know? So, so I went into it not expecting to like it. And I'll be honest with you. I think, Uh, It was a real breath of fresh air in the sense that I loved how non politically correct it was um, because I'm so sick to death of this, you know, sort of new, we have to apologize for everything sort of society we're in. Um, Bill Maher did a great rant in his last episode about this. I don't know if you saw it. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And I totally agree with him. It's like we need to, we need to back off of that. Let's, you know, everybody's everybody can get over hurt feelings you know we don't have to walk on eggshells around everybody and i really loved how that film was pretty just like you know what this is how real people talk yep. and guess what deal with it you know yep. um yep. i loved it uh Thanks. um anyway yeah it was a fun film it was really fun i was i was pleasantly surprised so
3: yeah shane is a real talent and i and and i think he put it i think the cast that he put together was sensational now yeah. uh, if you had to put a gun to my head and say what's wrong with the movie, I just don't think it's scary enough. I think the Predator fans want to be scared. They want to go, "Oh shit!" And there wasn't mm-hmm. that kind of slinky, uh, you know, shadows that 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 sent that sense of the thing waiting to get you. Um, mm-hmm. It was much more of a kind of a comic book um, action movie.
1: Yeah, it definitely was an action vibe for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, Walter Chang, uh, who's our last question here, has quite a long one. Let Let me read it here. Firstly, I was absolutely gutted that I couldn't make it to the For the Love of Horror last year to get to meet you in person. However, my good friend Steph got my Night of the Creeps poster to you and you graciously quoted and signed it and followed this by my photo op being with yourself and the poster, which I thought was pretty cool. Anyhow, last year, I finally bought and viewed RoboCop 3 after putting it off since forever. And I actually really liked it considering how toned down it was. My question to you is, why was it decided to take it in a different direction? Uh, and was it to do with Orion going belly up belly up, and it's sitting on the shelf for three years damaged its chances of being a financial success?
3: Well, Orion's um, Chapter 11 really had no impact on the movie. Um, you know, I think they 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 gave us. I think they gave us enough money to make that movie. I mean, this was back in the day. I mean, you know, movies are much more, big tentpole movies are much more expensive now. I can tell you from experience on, on the Predator. Um, but no, I think um, what happened with that movie was, and it's kind of interesting and ironic because if you know the Verhoeven movie, which everybody does, it's just it's 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 this kind of twisted masterpiece. And I think one of the reasons is that is that Paul Verhoeven came from uh, from the Netherlands and he looked at America and he said, this place is fucked up. And the movie is about how fucked up America is. And that's a really hard thing to do a sequel to. So that's why I think that Kirshner's movie is a little bit tone deaf as far as trying to recapture that. And And my film... Was interestingly, uh, Christopher. You talked about the heart that I try to put into things. I mean, that was really important for me, and I think it's off—it's off-brand for a RoboCop movie for you to actually like have you know a little kid to care about it. So a lot of people just gave it the finger from the get-go because it wasn't mm. extreme enough. It needs to be extreme.
2: <laughs> and
3: but but the main thing was that after the Verhoeven movie, they started to do comic books, and then they started to do toys and they started to do video games. And what they were doing was they were taking this hard R character and turning it into fodder for kids. So the studio said to themselves, well, we can't alienate the kids. There's a whole merchandising uh, opportunity here. So what if we tone it down enough so that the parents can go with their kids and we can have it be a little softer and then we can sell toys and comic books and all that stuff. And although that's a fine idea, we talked before about art and commerce. From a commerce side, that makes sense. But isn't it really a total violation of the character that they created in the first movie? So I was kind of, it was a suicide mission. I was kind of damned if I did and damned if I didn't. Mm.
1: You went into it immediately knowing that it couldn't be R, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But the truth of the matter is, if I had followed my gut and hired, you know, and, and, and hired Jackie Chan's stunt team and gotten, you know, a Hong Kong stunt team in and done stuff that you just couldn't believe was happening. Because if you look at early Jackie Chan work and all the, the, the Asian films of the of the late eighties and into the nineties. I mean, Supercop, I mean, have you seen Police Story 3, Supercop? It's unbelievable. And part of it is that those guys don't have the union and I guess it's okay if they die. Yeah. <laughs> we, had, we had made an action movie because it was pre-CGI and we couldn't, there's no way we could compete with, with T2 or Jurassic Park, which both came out the year after us. But if we had done physical action that you had never seen before, and if I had tweaked the humor so that it was a little more, you know, anarchic and 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 not nasty, but was just a little bit more was a little broader in a dark way, I think uh, I think it probably probably would have worked.
0: I'm curious as as to you you have a really great sense of humor, and there's a lot of humor and comedy actually I find mm-hmm. in your films, and and you know I, I often find that that. Scaring people in the horror genre has a lot of similar timing to comedy. I think um, there's a lot of a lot of that. And I and you saying that you're a fan of John Hughes and, and you know John Landis and things. I'm curious if you if you would ever consider just doing a straight up comedy. It's funny you something?
3: should say that because when I was in post production on Robocop three, um, I actually made a deal to make the comedy for Paramount that was very much in the John Hughes mode. It was kind of, and in fact, it was kind of inspired by Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I thought, I just love this character, and, and it was called Mr. Cool. It was about a, a, a freshman in college who just can't put a foot right, and he's nervous, and he's got a crush on the girl, but the girl doesn't pay attention to him, and all the stuff that's in Night of the Creeps, but he hears rumblings about this cool guy who lives in a penthouse on top of the dorm and he looks up and it's kind of like in the, the scene in Willy Wonka when uh, when Charlie looks at the Wonka factory and the lights are going he looks up at the dorm and it's just an old ratty old dorm but at the top is this kind of you know futuristic uh, uh you know Ken Adam neo kind of cool penthouse and he's like that's where he is and and it's the move it's a movie about a, a a nerdy kid and this cool kid and how the cool kid sort of teaches him the ropes and to be mm. the best person that he can be. And uh, mm. I might have made that movie if uh, if Robocop three had done well,
2: because
3: mm. we were casting, and uh, and I met a whole bunch of actors who have gone on to great uh, esteem and great stuff since then.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's something I think comedy is lacking these days too, and as and. I would like to see the John Hughes vibe type movie come back. But again, you look back at a lot of his movies, they're really politically incorrect and yeah. racially incorrect. No, and no, like, there's no, a lot no. of crazy it's stuff. To a
3: fault. And I think, you know, again, it's the, the, the politically correct police really are cracking down on that now. And, yeah. um, you know, it's like, I really want to show my son Animal House because I was mm-hmm. going through a really tough time a couple of years ago. And I said, I just need to sit alone. And there's an argument that comedies don't work by yourself that horror works much better because you're alone. And and, uh, and I said, I just, I need to sit. And I watched Animal House and it made my week. I was like, I, I feel better now. And I want to show it to my son, but I'm afraid that there's stuff in that movie that the politically correct police and this kind of, this kind of big brother that hangs over us now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, guys, this movie was made in 1978. I mean, I grew up on the National Lampoon. And if you listen to some of the radio hour, and look at some of those magazines, there's going to be stuff in there that is going to really piss some people off. Mm-hmm. But it was funny then. So is there a way to separate mean spiritedness or racism or sexism from the intention to make people laugh and, 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 and be, have a little more scrutiny about it? Mm hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think that's the problem is that I I think people just sort of have these giant broad brushstrokes of, you know, that's offensive. It's like, well, okay, what's offensive about it? I mean, long duck dong. I mean, if Hughes were with us today, I'm sure he would say that was a mistake. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of stuff in 16 Candles that he would say that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, Anthony Michael Hall is brilliant in that movie and, and, and the, the the, the camaraderie and the, by play with him and Molly Greenwald, it's like it's great. I mean, mm-hmm. in a way that I've never seen before or since. Mm-hmm. So can't we somehow acknowledge what's great about some of these movies that have these smudges on them mm-hmm. without smudging the whole thing and going, toss it in the bin? You know? So yeah, even, I, end I, of speech.
0: No, no, no. That I agree. I think that the problem with the comedy in those but if you really dissect those movies and dissect things that are happening now, none of those movies were malicious. Huh. I mean, the, the, uh, nothing that happens in Animal House, or I mean, they might have been a little you know, off color, a little slightly, I, was, I mean, look at Animal House is a movie that was made in what, 78, that took place in the 60s, right. <laughs> you know what I mean, you right. have all those layers of, of you know, uh, but, yeah. but uh, none of them are malicious, you know, they're and even the intention of writing those characters in the way they're written, they're not malicious, they're not blatantly really racist, I mean, in comparison to stuff now, I I, I think now I find, I'm not one of those guys that's offended by anything. I I have a friend of mine who's a quite a successful comedian and he's taught me that anything and everything is funny. He taught me that a long time ago, even stuff you're not really supposed to laugh at. (laughs) You need to laugh at, you know, and that's,
1: I got to point this out because I got it and I don't know how you guys felt about it when you saw it, but I was really going, give me a fucking break when I don't remember who the guy was, but in the, Wolfman has an arts documentary when he talked mm. about the slut shaming of, of the sister at the end of the movie about you're not a virgin. And he's all in slut shamed. And I'm like, what? I that <laughs> thought never even crossed my mind. Never. He didn't say, never. Oh, you're a whore. What? I'm like, what? I can't even believe you're mentioning this dude. Really? Right. That's what's yeah. wrong with the world. It's, he's
3: grasping at straws because yeah, society is telling him to grasp at straws, so he is. The other one that's 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 come up. Um, somebody I really admire, who uh, is a face, who, who I saw on Facebook, and he said I started watching The Monster Squad, but I had to turn it off when they used uh, the F word. And uh, he's specifically referring to what the bullies are calling uh, Horace yeah. when they're beating him up. Yeah. yeah. And. And I've said this—you have probably heard me, Sean. I've said this in conventions and Q-, Q-, Q and As. And I said, guys, the reason that the bullies in the monster squad called these guys fags is not be- has nothing to do with their with w- w- disparaging of of, of homosexuality. Yeah. It's that when I was twelve years old in junior high, and mm-hmm. bullies were slamming my head into a locker, mm-hmm. that's what they were calling me. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is from my personal experience. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a good example of what I was talking about before is take that and bite, dissect it. What was, what's the intention? The intention is to show that the bullies are assholes. Yeah, exactly. It's not to They're, offend yeah. you watching yeah. the movie because you happen to be a homosexual yeah. and that word is, is a trigger for you.
1: You're not right? glorifying those guys you know yeah.
0: they're bad people yeah
1: and, and bad and people
0: get, say bad things <laughs> and they get their
3: comeuppance at the end
0: right yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: and it was also brought up that they fat shamed horace you know it's like yeah well that's what See, bullies the, do
3: and but the beauty of it is that the bullies call him fat kid and they're mean and bad and at the end he, he cocks a 12-gauge shotgun in their face
2: yeah right but
3: but his friends also call him fat kid
2: yeah right and
3: it's because his friends love him so they can call him that, and he knows that they love him, and that's the kind of, that's the kind of stuff that 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 really you know I'm I'm proud of. It. Just like a lot of gay men call each other
1: fags uh, as in a term of endearment, you know, or blacks using the N word to one another, it's like exactly. they have the license to do that because they are friends. Just like they could call the fat kid fat kid because they're friends. <laughs> but exactly. but people want to dissect everything and complain about everything and that's it's it's just sad that that was even well, brought up in the documentary i was like really come on yeah.
0: there's there's so much craziness not to get heavy but again there's there's so much craziness <laughs> going on in the world that with the millennials as millennials i don't know what you call them these days they're just so unprepared for the for the harsh realities of life oh yeah and the world you're just terribly unprepared and I think film and cinema and books and storytelling and music throughout at least my generation and throughout the years gave you a peek of the ugliness and the harshness and the darkness and the maliciousness and the medieval it prepares you for life that's what art does that's what art's supposed to do in all its forms if you clean it up and you make it so unoffensive and so perfect for everybody then it's not really art anymore really what's it doing you know what what are we doing it's supposed to do yeah, all those things
3: absolutely right and you're also you're also looking the other way at stuff that actually exists in the world yeah and yeah. as a filmmaker it's like i, I want to show the world the way i see it but i also want to show the world hopefully in a way that people can see it in perspective and mm-hmm. context and if you just shave off all of those 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 sharp nubs then you end up with entertainment that doesn't have any reality to it anymore yeah. it's just mm-hmm. toothless
1: just because you're not showing it doesn't doesn't mean it's not there, happening yeah. Yeah. yeah right yeah yeah well fred thank you so much we appreciate the time and uh you know um it's an honor to have you on the show I'll add you to yes. our our esteemed list of yes. of guests and, it really uh, was. It was. It was
0: wonderful great. talking with you, and I'm, again, I'm a huge fan. And thank you so much for doing this. I had a great time. So
3: thank you, thank you guys. Great questions, and uh, it's been
0: a, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure.